Hello, it's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, September 28th, fresh off of a massive win against the San Francisco 49ers in a 37-second comeback there at the end. I mean, the conversation's electrifying. Can't thank you enough for joining us. Austin Eckler also stops by. The boys, AJ Hawk. Let's have an incredible Tuesday, huh? Let's get to it. Austin Eckler will be joining us in the 1 o'clock hour Eastern Daylight Time, so about an hour from now. And then, obviously, the man with 37 seconds on Sunday night to drive his team with no timeouts to get into field goal position in Santa Clara against the San Francisco 49ers in his home area with people from his community in an entire section uh, to get a 51-yard field goal to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Aaron Rodgers will join us at 2.05 Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, Be a friend, tell a friend. Should be a great conversation with both of those fine gentlemen. A.J. Hawk will be joining us as well. Uh, Can't wait to talk with him because he and I both had the Cowboys minus three and a half last night. And there was only a few moments where that was ever in question, and that was very early because it seemed apparent that the Dallas Cowboys were a better team than the Philadelphia Eagles very, very early. It seemed apparent that Dak Prescott is very comfortable and confident in the player that he is and the leg that he has right now and the team that he is surrounded around. Now, Mike McCarthy's making some decision. Yeah, oh, miscommunication on time, he said last <laughs> week. And then it happened again. And there's a couple decisions made by Kellen Moore with the offense that I didn't know until I listened to Peyton Manning talk about it, that Mike McCarthy actually learned Kellen Moore's offense and Dak Prescott Scott's offense whenever he came there because instead of putting his offense in and having everybody to have to learn it, he said, you know, I'll just learn this and I'll adjust and we'll make some moves. That was something I learned from the Manicast that I did not know, but it feels like that offense is getting better. The defense is obviously much better than it was last year. Is Dan Quinn the greatest defensive coordinator of all time? Maybe. They stunk last year. Mm. I mean, so, 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 so so bad last year letting everybody score they were getting just run by and dragged out of buildings by everybody on the defense side of the ball and then one of their players came out and said I, I, I don't know I don't know how you expect us to run like 100% on every play. <laughs> and although that is probably a thought that a lot of DBs have, and that was supposed to be an inside voice as opposed to an outside voice, especially with the awareness of how the defense was playing at the time. But I'm just saying the culture of the defense was a terrible one. They were bad. They knew it. There was things leaking that they didn't like coaches. I mean, it was a Dan Quinn has come in there, and that defense seems to be together. I mean, Trayvon Diggs is an absolute game changer. The guy... I mean, freak show athlete, obviously. Incredible dad. We saw his kid Aiden Mm -hmm. in Hard Knocks. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. Seems like he comes from a family that is very athletic and successful, and he's been battling for a long time, especially at Alabama and everything like that, and leaving Seattle. He's a stud, but that entire team just looked absolutely great last night. We covered three and a half, obviously. Got a chance to watch the Manning cast. It was a beautiful thing, but it was a bad night if you're an Eagles fan. It was a bad night for everybody else in the NFC East, I believe, whenever they saw how dominant the Cowboys actually were in all three phases. It just seems like it was a bad night also made for Coach Sirianni. Now, there are some things being said about the Philadelphia Eagles offense. They're saying, hey, there's no motion. You only ran the ball like three times. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys defense might have been incredible because they're incredible. They might have been incredible because what the fuck was your offense? Now, Jalen threw for over 300 yards. Still very impressive, but you're going to do that whenever you throw the ball 155 times on a team. Uh, Coach Sirianni, your thoughts after getting basically dog-walked in a game that you build up to be like a college rivalry with a beat Dallas shirt. Now, Dallas Cowboys social media is putting out this shirt that says beat 
by Dallas. Ooh. It's a tough day to be Coach Sirianni, but I assume you're ready to go. What happened last night, and how do we move forward, Coach? Well, listen, Pat, when we were talking about these NFC East battles, yes, I built it up pretty big in my own head, and I said bulletin board material doesn't really matter. It turns out it may matter a little bit. You know, Dak... You saw him, he's crying pregame, his first game back in Dallas, full stadiums. At that moment, I knew we were going to get our fucking ass to beat. I really did. In postgame, you know, Jalen said, you know, you, when you take a deuce, you just flush it. You don't look at it. I do look at the shits after I take them. So we'll see next week. I might have to look towards, I don't know, footsteps Joe Flacco. No. Maybe Gardner Minshew. I mean, no. we know his competitive edge and, you know, the intricacies he brings with his game. I mean, it wasn't a good night. It just wasn't a good night. I saw the highlighter. Was there anything to highlight or is there a lot of lowlights, you think, in this particular? Is there- a lot of lowlights. I mean, Jalen, you know, a couple of those balls, he, he looked pretty good. You know, we scored a couple <laughs> points. I mean, we yes, we punted several times. We didn't really run the football. I, <laughs> That, but pump the brakes on me being coach a year, okay? Back at the drawing board, I guarantee we win next week. Though. Okay, so Coach Sirianni, I actually uh, I watched you pregame, and you did an interview with uh, Lisa, I believe. I believe it was Here? Lisa Salter. Yeah. I believe I believe it was. I'm not. I don't. Maybe not. Though. I, I, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get the question. I only heard. I turned on the TV and he was staring at me, literally, Coach mm. Sirianni, and he was standing. <laughs> they had him in a microphone, just socially distant away. And he went, I mean, they asked him a couple questions about the rivalry, the shirt, uh, what he said to Jalen, and he gave Sirianni answer. He's always that guy. I love this man. And you have ruined him for me because as he is speaking, I'm listening to, because I do believe he is a deep thinker. I think he does try to go about things differently, but I'm excited to see this guy who's very upbeat. He's positive. He's been around the NFL. He's had success in the NFL. Obviously, he understands the game, but what do you do? This is like the MCDC thing. We didn't know what was going to happen with MCDC because in the offseason, every conversation was a good one. Every conversation was upbeat. There was every, you know, the fans were almost buying it. Lions fans were buying in. Eagles fans buying all the way in. And I'm not saying they should be out, but I'm just saying they're comes a time before every season where everybody on earth who's an NFL fan of a team somehow believes that their team does have a chance this year. Yeah. Right? So that always, that that, that is a real thing that happens. Foxy, Joe Thomas told us, it's not just fans, by the way, (laughs) players have to do this as well. And I never really, I had one year where I was on a team that was two and 14, but I don't think we really knew, you know, until that that was going to happen until like game one. I don't think any of us knew what was going to happen because the Peyton Manning was going to be out that season. Didn't happen until training camp. I think publicly nobody really knew. I didn't even know. I just kind of, I went down, I was called, summoned down to the training room by the sheriff, you know, and it was like maybe what day one or day two of training camp. And I was summoned down there, like, hey, come see me or whatever. So I go down and he's in a back room and I walk in and he has wires coming out of him. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I go, ooh. What the fuck is going on here? And that's where I'm kind of told about what's potentially going on because I have a great relationship with the training staff. I have a great relationship with Peyton. This was happening because I, I, I hadn't talked to him for, I guess, a, a few months at that point or whatever. Like, hey, pal, come on down, have a little chat. And that's where I learned about it. And I don't think I was really able to grasp, like, okay, the only thing I really knew was I'm going to punt a lot more this year. <laughs> yeah. 
okay, I should probably have been in better shape coming into this season. That was my immediate thought, you know what I mean? Because, okay, probably going to punt a little bit more. This guy very rarely failed. But I never got to the point where I had to convince myself that the team was going to be good, if that makes sense. Joe Thomas came on our show, and I think it was Ty who asked him or somebody. I, somebody asked him, like, hey, did you know you guys were going to stink? And Joe Thomas said every single year at the end of training camp, he fully believed that they were going to win a Super Bowl. And in the locker room, I think that has to happen when you're going to go out there. You can't go into a game thinking you're going to lose or anything like that. You have to have that confidence. But I don't think it's just, you know, the players that do it. Now that I'm getting a chance to realize and see and interact with people outside of it, players at one point or fans at one point it, before every season, I think, believe that their team has a chance to make the playoffs and go on a run. Oh, yeah. We're, we're not going to win. A, not everybody's thinking we're going to win a Super Bowl, but every team thinks like, hey, we have a chance to make the playoffs and run. Now we're three weeks into this thing. Okay. The Lions are 0-3. Yep. <laughs> is that MCDC press conference, if it goes off right now, anywhere near as accepted in Detroit or anywhere else? I mean, nationally it wasn't accepted at all, but in Detroit they're probably like, okay, we don't just fucking go coach. Yeah. Right? It's like a different time. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it's a different time now after you start losing. In those moments when you're building up to a season and the motivation is there and the inspiration is there and the, the buy-in-ness basically of a city and a fanhood is there, like, hey, that's when things are going good. That's when the Sirianni is good. After you lose a big divisional blowout on national television against the Dallas Cowboys mm -hmm. with Dak Prescott back, like, I'm excited to see how Sirianni handles this. I'm excited to see how these young head coaches handle the adversity that comes with an NFL season. Because when you're going into a season, Eagles fans were on Sirianni's back. You were getting a lot of heat for doing what you were yeah. doing, but we were listening <laughs> to the words. Lions fans were on MCDC's back. Like, hey, here we go. Hey, you're the you're the Kindler, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. all, and it's like, now how, we get a chance now to watch how these young head coaches are going to handle these situations. Some people do it good. Some people do it bad because you're not just talking to the media. You're also talking to the team as well. So I'm excited to see what Sirianni does. We're very early in the season. That's what all coaches are saying. That's mm -hmm. what all players are saying. There's a lot that can happen. Everything is still in front of us. But these little adversity obstacles, watching these coaches handle for the first time will be a lot of fun. Uh, and I can't wait to just think of you impersonating him every time he fucking <laughs> sees yes. uh, at Boston Connor last night's game. Uh, your thoughts? Are you happy for big Mike McCarthy having success down there in the Dallas Cowboys? Or are you so focused on this weekend that although you were mm. listening and watching last night, you saw Eli Manning go, hey, fuck you, huh? Incredible. That's what Philadelphia Eagles fans do whenever you roll into their stadium. Shout out to Eli Manning. If you don't like the Manning cast, by the way, fuck you, said Eli <laughs> yeah. Manning. And I think that's kind of how everybody feels in there. But while you're watching that last night, you're listening to LeBron talk about how Jerry Jones and Pete Carroll made him an offer. Mm -hmm. And you're listening to Saban talk about defense and how he keeps up with all his players in the NFL, 73 of them in the NFL mm -hmm. right now on rosters. Were you even able to pay? And Stafford was chit-chatting. Mm -hmm. Never oh, seen yeah. Stafford talk. Were you even focusing on any of that? Or is right now very difficult because you have a different energy about you the last couple of days mm -hmm. here. Yeah. There's a different energy around old Boston Connor. This weekend, hello, <laughs> it's Tom. Tom. Yeah, that video by Sunday Night Football with Adele's "Hello" is amazing. Uh -huh. I mean, in, in the more and more this gets built up for Sunday Night Football, which is NBC doing an incredible job mm -hmm. of promoting their game, but I don't think this game needs any promotion. But the fact that it's getting promotion is making me realize I think more and more, which is good promotion. That's why they're promoting it. Yeah. Right. Hey, this is fucking massive. Huge. And 
Both teams are coming off a loss, obviously. One team potentially has looked much, 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 much better than the other team. Yeah. One team is loaded with vets ready to go and maybe even adding Richard Sherman to the roster. He's currently visiting Tampa Bay after Josh Gordon signs with the Kansas City Chiefs. So the tops of the NFC and the AFC are continuing to accrue talent, which is what I think everybody should start to think about doing because injuries are going to happen and it's nice to have a veteran around. But (laughs) these two teams are just two men, basically, in everybody's uh-huh. eyes. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. I think Tom Brady's team, the dudes out in Tampa, are like, we got you, Tom. Hey, we understand. Absolutely. We know exactly what this is. We all won a Super Bowl together last year. And all, if we had this opportunity to do what you have right now, we would want to go to fucking, we would, we would hope you would go to fucking war with us. So I think that is a real motivator for mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, yeah. That is a tight team. Remember, Tom was putting together practices. They were coming over to Tom's house. Yeah. They were doing – Tom is the consummate team guy. That's what everybody says. Clyde's like, when he comes in here, he's friends with everybody, his energy, his whole thing. So I think Tampa is like, hey, we know what this is, right? And the mass holes are going to say terrible things. I mean, the New England Patriot fans are going to say terrible things to Tom during the game. When he jogs on the field, they will be yeah. nice. I saw this with Adam Vinatieri. When we jogged on the field for warm-ups, they're – it's nowhere near as full, obviously. It's just kind of scattered. A lot of people are like, Vinny, thank you. Mm-hmm. Adam Vinatieri, mm-hmm. thank you. Love you, Vinny. Love you, Vinny. Yeah. Even while we're warming up, there's even like a clap. I think there was even a clap for Vinny hitting like a 55-yarder in warm-ups or something like that. We go back in after warm-ups, and we come out. Vinatieri, you fucking coward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was the same people that were just doing that because the masshole's understand that, hey, when it's comp- – hey, this is – this is not Go just time, this is not just arena. Game. Okay, we are a part of this. That crowd never gets enough credit for how much they do affect people. Everybody talks about Foxborough being this place that is very difficult to win and mythical, and it's Bill Belichick effect is definitely real. The fact they probably control the weather also something. Mm, might, Tom might be Brady true. being up there for real. That that fan base does not get talked about enough. They are rude. Mm-hmm. They are loud. What? They are passionate. What? They are very confident. And for the last 20 years, they've been able to say whatever they want, whenever they want, to whoever they want. They're like the modern-day Alabama fan for like the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Alabama can just talk shit because they're like, oh, we'll be in the fucking final. Yeah. Are you going to be there? You're not. That's how the Patriots fans have been. That is a tough place to play. And they're going to make it that way for Tom. But if Tom silences that shit early, I don't know what's going to happen. How do you feel? Are you conflicted at all? How does all of New England feel if you've been able to get catch like oh, yeah. a pulse of up there? This is massive. And Bill... Is obviously going to protect this house, and he has all his grudges as well. Uh, it's it's definitely split. I think for yesterday, for the first time, I actually found myself liking Brady again for a little bit after that promo because of how incredible it was. Uh, Tom came out and he said, you know, he knows exactly what Bill's going to be doing, exactly what their entire week's going to look like, what their game plan is. I think he said how the wind is like. I don't even know if that's possible. Yeah, Especially, you guys have an open. Yeah, you guys have an open end. Yeah, very open. So yeah. I, don't, I mean, he he knows everything about us which is a worry but also on the other side bill knows everything about tom uh i said yesterday on overreaction monday it feels as though the pats are going to get beat by 50 uh i don't know <laughs> that was know. overreaction that monday. was overreaction monday, monday. Yeah. sure so yeah. now i think maybe i'm down to three scores i, I still don't feel confident at all in the patriots after what happened is this last self-handicapping week. No, this is not self handicapping. This we is all us. Do it. This is us. We all do it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We do. We all do it. Yeah. So. Is this self handicapping? 
No, I mean, I think we've all seen what the Patriots have looked like this year, and they've only looked good against the Jets, and the Jets are by far the worst team Is JPP in the NFL. back, you think? Is J- I don't know if JPP is back. I, don't I think, think that changes is. some things there on defensive Dean, line. Dean is out in the secondary. Our O-line has been very underwhelming so far this year, so I don't, I don't even know if it does because the rookie that they have has been a stud, apparently. Joe Tyron or whatever the hell his name is. Their front seven is very worrisome. The only chance we have is that they don't sign Richard Sherman, and they have that weak secondary who's missing a few players already and, and Mac's can... able to come alive exactly hey this is a big game for Mac now too Massive. right this is a big game for Mac and obviously Mac seems to be very like hey chill oh like yeah he's, and by chill I mean passionate but he's not getting too high mm-hmm. too low it feels like Mac is like a 55 year old man at this point yeah. who is a confident person it's he's been in the biggest moments he's played in the biggest games he understands the footsteps he was trying to fill I mean it's an absurd thing for what the Mac has to deal with as well but Mac's a competitor. Sure. Right? I think everybody's very competitive, mm-hmm. uh, just like everybody is in the NFL, which is what Tom Brady has, you know, been so dominant for so long is because of his competitive edge that he has over everybody, so much so that he's willing to eat absolutely dog shit food. Yeah. No, yeah. To and to go through terrible stretching routines and workouts every single day of his life, put his body through pain when his resume says he could have retired ten years ago and it all would have been good. So I think that's also added into the competitive edge. Everybody says he's smart and he's futuristic and everything. Well, it's because he's so competitive that he's like, how do I continue to do this? And he looks into it with Guerrero and the mm-hmm. entire T B twelve team. So I think that adds to it. But I think Mac has that competitive juice as well. Now Obviously, you have to be to be in the NFL, but he knows that this is a moment. He knows this is a moment. Oh, yeah. Andrew Luck, whenever we played Peyton, he knew. Andrew mm-hmm. Luck knew yeah. this was a moment. Now, we won, but he knew that that was a big moment. And that, everybody knew that the War of 1812, is uh, mm-hmm. the game of 1812, it was Sunday night football. He came back to Indianapolis. The coaching staff knew, like, hey, this is basically the guy that we cut, and this is the old regime. Uh, this is the old quarterback. This is the old face of this city. This guy will always be around. It was a different aura, almost. I wonder if that's how Mac and old Matty Patrician, Josh McDaniels, yeah. and Bill Belichick, the people that, you know, are getting caught up in this whole, it was Tom, it was Bill, it was Tom, it was Bill. Like, they also have a... A little bit of a, hey, fuck you, too. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, there is so much into this thing. The deeper you peel and the more layers you peel off the onion, it's like, oh, that person could be fucking pissed off. And let's not even think about John Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, He'll be there right. for sure. John, John Bon. bon I'm sure Kenny Chesney will probably show yeah. up. All the Patriots brass will be there. Wahlberg, I'm sure, too. But what you just said makes me think even deeper in this thing. Brady knows what the offense is going to do, which makes me think they'll even have more of a disadvantage because he's just going to be able to tell Tampa's defense, like, hey, when you come out in this, this is what they're looking for. This is what they're going to be able to do. This is what they're going to try to do. And then he also obviously knows what the defense looks like because he practiced against it for 20 fucking years. So I, I don't know. Now all of a sudden when I just said I my overreaction of 50 points has come down, honestly, as we speak about it, it's going back up to 50 because the, it, our team just isn't where they should be. The only thing is if you really think about the grudges that we just chatted about, there's only one person that's on the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That can you now Mac has to prove whatever. Mac can have that whole thing. Sure. But in the whole, you know, we just talked about Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia mm-hmm. and even Kraft and Bill. They're all on the sideline. Okay. Yeah. So they can scheme, they can divide, they can do everything that they've done for so long and be so successful. But will that extra you know, I see Tom already celebrating on the field, right? I mean, you already see him looking at oh, the yeah. 
you already see. Oh, yeah. You already see that happening, right? Absolutely. Oh, my God. I mean, God. this whole week, it's like a funeral week. It's like I'm just waiting to get <laughs> no, it's homecoming. To get it's a homecoming. It's supposed to be happy. A homecoming will be for 15 I'm minutes. I'm coming no. home. I'm coming home. Tell the assholes I'm coming home. It'll be a tribute video. It'll be glorious, I'm sure, similar to the one we saw last night by Sunday Night Football. But at the end of the day, He's going to come out and beat us by 50, and I don't think many people are going to be too pumped about the tribute video or thinking about that when they're leaving. Hey, you know, Tom hasn't had to experience that traffic on the way out of that stadium. You know, as an away team, he'll get to experience the entire Foxborough oh, yeah. experience, I assume. There it's, you go. Because uh, that's down in the neighborhood as well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about Lambeau being in the middle of a neighborhood. Foxborough is also a neighborhood. I mean, you drive through town. Oh, yeah. Foxborough. You, you, dr- you make a right at a stop sign. Like mm-hmm. It's not as opposed to a red light. It's a stop sign, and then there's houses, and then you go down in it, and as soon as you pull in, it's just like this massive thing. And Patriots fans are there always early. Oh, yeah. Always early. 8 o'clock, 8.15, star, whatever it is for Sunday Night Football. They'll be there at 10. Yeah, and a lot of the... Um, a lot of the parking lots already filled that we pull into. Mm-hmm. Every, every, and I was always on the first bus. So I was on over on the first bus because, I don't know, I just wanted to, like, get out of my hotel room that I just slept in for probably 15 straight hours because I just took an Ambien <laughs> and another one and then just did that until the game day or whatever. But I that place was always an electric in it. In yeah. I couldn't even imagine. I think you should go, right? Don't you think you should? Uh, I don't know. I've thought about that as well last night because yep. obviously I was up till like 1 o'clock just watching that promo video you a have thousand to go times. Game, I you have to go. I don't know. Yeah, I, I really don't already, know how I feel. I think feel. we already looked at tickets. I don't know yeah. how I feel about it because I, I would like to just lock myself in a room and watch it on my uh, own and figure out uh, you know exactly what we're going to do. And plus, there's so many good games on Sunday. I don't want to miss any of them just to go watch the Patriots lose by 80 points. I mean, there's no oh, Let the Patriots win, man. <laughs> what if they do? Absolutely. Absolutely. I still have hope that it's a seven point spread. I think it could definitely be 13 and a half, but it's a seven point <laughs> spread. There's a chance that they come out and they do well, but if we're not able to run the ball and we look like we did last week, which is by far our worst game, and I haven't, I actually purposely didn't look this up, but I know Brady off a loss is like probably 150 and 10, so I don't <laughs> even want to see what that stat How's is. How's Belichick after a loss? Belichick's though? pretty good. I don't know what he is after a loss with the rookie QB because this is the first goddamn time. Uh, we've ever had to deal with it. Uh, so. yeah. you're saying it's a whole new car out here. Uh, yeah, it's a much different car. And right now we're a minivan with three wheels looking for a spare <laughs> because we legitimately had nothing going last week. I just we'll thought it good. So you're saying, you're saying, yeah, we looked up some last night. They're pretty pricey, but it would be cool to get you yeah, out there. more expensive maybe. than the Super Bowl. Yeah, but you're saying right now, you live in the same building, but you got different views, huh? Oh, yeah. Much bit. different views. I actually don't have a view. I'm in the basement. I'm hanging out with everybody else that actually shouldn't be in the building. All the homeless people that want to live in the building, that live below the building, that's where I am right now. Oh, what is this? This is the, um, the uh, what's that hotel in L.A.? Oh. The uh, my the one where people were getting tossed out. Yeah, right? yeah. The uh, It was the homeless. Uh-huh. Cecil? Cecil. Yeah. Cecil. Cecil. Cecil Hotel. Cecil Hotel. The Cecil Hotel. Yeah, I'm living in the Cecil Hotel. And it's not good because, you know, one and two staring down one and three, it doesn't feel too great. Okay, right fun fact. This is the first time since forever that Patriots, Seahawks, Chiefs, and Steelers all have a losing record. Let's go to our Steeler expert, a man who lives and breathes the Pittsburgh Steelers, host of Hammer. Don, he did have Philadelphia plus three and a half last night, but he said he was forced to bet on that game. It wasn't an actual pick. He kind of got bullied, which comes with the business of hosting a gambling show that uh, a lot of people win money off of. Uh, Your thoughts on the Steelers being a part of this crew. Steelers, Patriots, 
Chiefs, Seahawks, right? Mm -hmm. Hasn't been since 2000, week 12 of 2000, that those four teams have a losing record, all one and two, basically. Uh, Tone, your thoughts on on the Pittsburgh Steelers? Are you going to turn this thing around? He feels like the Patriots are dead. Uh, How do you feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Super proud to be on that list. It's a hell of a list to be on. A lot of teams would strive to be on that list. Not have a losing record alongside Mm -hmm. the other greats since 21, 22 years ago. Steelers are going to be fine. They always figure it out. There's never been a time that they haven't figured it out. So why would I think that this year is the year that they're not going to figure it out? I saw you campaigning for the next quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers on, on the internet yesterday. Didn't think I'd do that in week three, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Still have all the hope in the Still world. Still have all the hope in the world, but, you know, also be prepared for disaster. Yeah, cause, well, and also you, you got that GM mentality. You, you like to think things from a global view. You zoom Correct. out on the picture, not zoomed in. You're not thinking about just winning right now, which is going to happen in your eyes. You're talking about, hey, there's this guy at Ole Miss who uh, – who I learned about is an incredibly blue-collar guy we should think about oh, for yeah. the future. Look at you. You're not even not only talking about like Tomlin, the fans, and the players. You're like, hey, Colbert, I'll do your job for you, too. That's awesome. Look at you with the No, hope. I was never good at the micro. I was always better at the macro, so that that's way. how I tend to look at things. This Matt right. Carroll kid, by the way, at Ole Miss, I guess he left the high school mm-hmm. himself, dropped out of the high school, because the kids were too rich, and he thought they never really would uh, have to f- work for anything. Correct. Wow. That's allegedly what and happened. Yeah. Gretzky's... Uh, this is even better. Son. He punched Gretzky's son in the face for uh, that here we go guy's daughter. Defend- Brett Michaels? Yeah, Brett defending Michaels. his daughter's wow. honor. She's supposed to be a Steeler, this Correct. guy. This guy's supposed <laughs> to be a Steeler. <laughs> yes. Sounds like this guy is a Pittsburgh Steeler. It has here. to be. Tatted up, got the one sleeve too, a couple of white trash tats. Pittsburgh people will lose their the, minds the, for this There guy. is a lot. All those tattoos are faith-based tattoos does give me some concern oh, no. um, <laughs> <laughs> but the big difference is he's always been a man of faith he didn't find yeah. okay after success correct <laughs> he has always had it thank you with his success correct. because you're saying yesterday i believe your statement of fact i was an overreaction monday no, no. what do you mean no laced with truth sound like that was a kind of a casual wednesday thought too that you had been <laughs> thinking about the uh that is fascinating because if I've had a couple of friends in the league, bottom half of the roster, who decided to start doing like yoga out of nowhere. And they want to change their entire routine. Five, six years, seven years, six years, maybe five years in there. I don't think it might be too much later. And then they all, literally four of them blew their hamstrings. Jesus. And I'm not saying it was because of the yoga. Could have been. Okay, I'm not saying it's because of the yoga, but I do believe it's because they changed their routine that they had done for so long to get them to the highest level. Now you have to evolve, you have to completely change, but I think some people change their entire, now I've seen that work for people mm-hmm. in the positive too, like Mike Adams pops, he played for a long, long time in the secondary, which is the most athletic area of the field for a long time. He said that yoga helped him last longer, but I saw a lot of guys change their entire life almost to go into this yogi lifestyle almost, and then boom, it was like, no, gone, gone. And I'm not saying yoga caused this. I'm just saying sometimes if you mess up the feng shui and change some things, maybe there might be a little bit different. You're saying that that happened when Roethlisberger found his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You and I are both big. Be who you are. Let's not fuck with what got us here. Yeah, yeah, big, big, big. Be who you are. Let's not fuck with what got us here, people. Yeah, I mean, change, change change is never good. If you be who you are, if you're a scumbag, always be a scumbag. This guy, oh yeah, this guy, this guy just said Jesus ruined Ben, and don't ever change. Be be a scumbag. You're a bad guy. You are a terrible guy. I think you can change. By the way, I think people can change. I think things can change. But whenever you're talking about your mode of work, 
the thing that pays the bills. I think whatever you do, change, it can be a little bit scary. I know a lot of people that are scared to death to stop doing something while they're in the NFL that they maybe want to do that isn't necessarily great for them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ah, I can't change it, though, because mm-hmm. it's gotten me here. And then as soon as they retire, you see massive changes from a lot of people, right? You see a lot of changes because that is something that, and maybe it's superstition, maybe we're too mentally weak or whatever, but there's a lot of things I was scared to death to stop doing. For instance, I was scared to get on a good diet because I thought, I literally always said, have you ever seen a designated hitter or a home run bomber that is small and you don't. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm shorter than all these other guys out here, but I feel like if I have some, if I have 240, 250 pounds going into this thing with a little bit of burst, I think it's going to help out. Now, I did towards the end of my run get in like great shape and it only helped me and I probably should have done it <laughs> earlier, but for a long time I was like, I'm going to eat wings. Okay, I'm going to eat, I'm going to continue to do exactly whatever I'm doing. I've never pulled a muscle. I am just going to continue to do this thing because I was scared to death to change it, even though when I inevitably did change i got much better much quicker and the body felt better but those are some things you just got to worry about and maybe if you buy into an entire biblical lifestyle that could take away some savageness that you potentially need at the quarterback position or it might save you and calm you down and make you a better player as well Diggs just thinks in the roethlisberger situation it's like probably made him worse football player well in your case you know it's not as drastic. I mean, you're still eating wings and stuff like that. Like Ben would have, he was watching porn for like seven hours a day. So he would have, like, that's a drastic lifestyle change you yeah. know, that he maybe, I don't know, maybe it was, it was for the better. We, we don't know if, if it was for seven hours a day, but we were told that mm-hmm. via a, a news break from a testimony, yeah. Yeah. Yep. which should have never got out. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have got out. But it got out. Thanks, Chef. So what do you want us to do? What do you, what do you want us to do about it? It got out. But not just like a, I don't think he was just bopping for a vacation. <laughs> you know, like the other people also think like, think about the muscles and the yeah, you're right. cardio. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, and missing. The, no, he yeah. would walk into his bopping room and fucking punch the time clock and fucking <laughs> clock in and clock out. This was not a vacation. This was a job. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Twist it. <laughs> Pull <Bop>. it. <laughs> Bop, Bop it. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, he does not deserve that. No. <laughs> he will never come on this show, but we do appreciate everybody from Steelers that has come on. Uh, let's talk about some things that were said on the Manning Cast last night. Manning Cast, I'm fascinated by it. They're taking a three-week break. Yeah. yeah, yikes. They're not coming back until week seven. So what that means is next Monday night, I think uh, Steve, Lewis, Greasy, uh, and... Um, Michelle. Michelle. Of course. Of course. Uh, they're going to get some... <laughs> Michelle is it's, on Sunday. It's Lisa. Ah, Michelle right. Tafoya. Yeah. yeah. Is on just, Sunday. Just, you, Roger, Roger's on the brain. Oh, my God. Her, you you know? are a terrible person. No, 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 no. But anyways, they're getting a bunch of brand new. They are all very nice people, by the way, and great at what they do. But they are all getting a probably a pretty new crowd on Monday night. Oh, yeah. And it, that's a vastly, way to, vastly different way to watch the game. Last mm-hmm. night I was watching Manning Cast, and I was watching the game. I didn't even know it was fourth down turnover on downs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I thought they scored a touchdown. Which clearly they he did. got in, and they blew it dead, I guess, early. And I didn't hear the whistle because I was listening to a great conversation <laughs> that was happening. But then I saw that the the ball was batted out of the hands, and then they showed the replay. There's still another conversation happening, so I'm just looking over there, and I'm like, "That's not a fumble! Like, what are we even doing? Like, maybe they blew him dead, so he should be on the one inch line." And then I got like, I don't know, 50 people that tweeted me immediately upon me putting out. It wasn't a fumble; it was a turnover on downs. You fucking idiot! I'm like. Okay, I went. I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm, I'm so sorry. I had, hands up. That's on me. I did not know. 
it was fourth down there. And there's a couple of those moments throughout the game for sure. But the little nuggets that we learn about things and says and who's doing what and how they're acting and just the the Manning privy conversations. He said he was talking to um, he was talking to Big Mike literally the day before the game on yeah. Sunday. He was talking to Big Mike about some decisions that are being made and things like that. The access that Peyton Manning and Eli Manning are going to get to the coaches, to the players, to the training staff, to whoever I assume is going to be better than what Levy, Riddick, Greasy, and Lisa. Lisa. Lisa Salters, of course. I wanted you to potentially, you know, make up for what you did there. No, I know. I just, I thought we already put that to rest. We all know it's Lisa. Yeah, okay, (laughs) perfect. So I just want to let everyone, like, whenever you're listening to Levy, Greasy, Riddick, and, like, there's no way they're able to get the information or ask the questions that Peyton Manning's asking. And also, everybody that comes on there, LeBron came on Mm -hmm. last night. I think LeBron was a little starstruck by Peyton Manning, okay? And, And I'm not saying starstruck, but I'm just saying I feel like LeBron views... Peyton as a peer, and Peyton's older than him, so he probably looks up to him a little bit in that whole thing. Watching LeBron talk to Peyton last night, and Eli, obviously, who is increasing everything every single week, he's doing his thing. LeBron was talking like a pretty regular human almost. It was like he was so excited to talk football. Now, he obviously called a couple plays, and sure. yeah, he said he was going to run the ball here. Peyton saying, no, throw the ball, but that's what Peyton literally... That's what Peyton does. Like yeah. Peyton did throw the ball. That's why whenever he's saying, like, with these two high safeties, you just got to keep running it or whatever. I'm like, did nobody ever run two high safety against <laughs> You know what I mean? Did nobody ever run it against Peyton? Because it felt like we were able to throw the ball every single game. And before I, much longer before I got there, they were able to throw the ball every single game. But whenever, like, LeBron comes on there and just starts chit-chatting, it is distracting to the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. The game's there. But you were doing a watch-along with LeBron James and Peyton Manning. And there were some things that were being – Eli Manning. And there were some things that were being said in there that were just great. And I did lose track of some of the situations over here. Yeah. So I feel I'm probably going to have to watch that game back. I think next Monday whenever we watch it with Lewis, Steve, and Greasy and – Lisa. And Lisa. We will obviously probably follow the game much yeah. closer. But I think people are going to miss the Manning cast the next three weeks. And I think Steve potentially in them are going to take. Oh, they're going to take on the shins. I think so. It's a much different viewing experience. I've enjoyed the hell out of the Manning cast. If you're a fan and your team is playing, like if you're a Cowboys fan watching last night, you probably want to watch the regular broadcast. Because if you watch the Manning cast, you're just going to get sucked into the conversation. And like what happened to you with that fumble turnover and down situation. It's so hard to pay attention to the little details. Saban talking about, you know, and he. His audio was coming and going, you know. It was a little give and take here. I didn't know what that was all about. Was that him, you think? Well, you mentioned this, like, the first week. Like, these people who, like, we've been doing this type of production for, like, three, four years now. So, like, you understand when, like, if people who aren't used to being on, like, these types of, like, phone calls and, like, FaceTime, like, they just can't ever really get into a groove. And, like, I feel like they do just, it just, like, eventually it's like, all right, this, I just don't know where my place is because I'm getting stepped on. It's cutting out. Like, yeah, you just got to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that was my decision. We got a, we got some, tape actually in the next vlog that foxy puts out uh my wife started filming me set this whole thing up and she's become a pretty good producer by the way she'll like ask me a question and stuff like that while it's pretty good it's very oh sam yeah and i appreciate she she enjoys doing it too but i've told her a couple times like do not 
you do not have to film me, okay? You're my wife, mm-hmm. all right? You, this is not something. She like, I think she kind of enjoys it. She actually talks shit on Foxy. She wow. says, really? I can get much better clips than Foxy. Yeah. Wow. And she gets mad when I don't credit her, Yeah, which yeah. is totally on me. Bingo, yeah. Last, there was a there was a vlog or whatever that happened where yeah. he gave credit to every other person that was in the thing except for Sam. Jeez, got Foxy. And Sam's, Foxy. Yeah, Sam's Come literally, back. as soon as that video is debuting, I think Sam's like excited, like, okay, here we go. Which one of my shots is going to get in there? It does, and then at the end, everybody else gets credit, and Sam's like, Ain't that fascinating? Huh. Hey, I'll fucking tell him. That's yeah, why I said, "Hey, I'll, I will tell him." But she she has some clips of me setting up for that Manning cast, mm-hmm. and literally, I'm like, I'm breaking down like kind of what we just said right there and how this goes. And I say, I'm just gonna go. Yeah. Like, I'm literally just gonna go, and people are gonna either hate it or they're not. But you can't. Re- there's a chance that that can go terribly, especially with yeah. the tech. There's a chance yeah. that it can. And there's always good clips, but there is does always seem to be a little bit of a technical thing with the delay and everything like that. I think LeBron handled it very well. Yeah. I think Stafford was pretty good as well. Yeah. He was kind of just more quiet. We never hear him talk. Mm, no. Say, even though it felt like there was a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Where there was maybe excitement from all parties yeah. there, and that'll kind of get and you then going. With there. Chris Long, like the delay, you could tell. Like he came in at the start and kind of like the delay messed him up, and it just like it's tough. And and I think that's a thing too that like that's gonna be. Chris, like, did well. but Chris did well. Oh no, yeah, he yeah, did, yeah, he yeah, did. yeah. But there was a couple tech right. Yeah. But and I don't think that's something that's gonna get fixed. Like that's the like it, just with where they're at, like proximity wise like that's something you're always they're gonna have to deal with on a week-to-week basis yeah just if you're going on the show you either gotta go or no you either gotta and literally lean back like i leaned back a couple times like, <laughs> yeah. yeah let me you gotta remember too paying eli's delay is even more than yours yeah because they got 10 screens going, in front of them they're going to uh new york from their like control room uh, probably up to connecticut probably yeah they're probably going to maybe even connecticut so like there's like whenever they talk over somebody it's even worse because it's going from them and yeah yeah because you'll tell a good like i said something and then peyton yeah laugh yeah you know what i mean so it was that was getting sent to somewhere and then back to them you actually have a better connection than him yeah because i'm going directly to that place yeah yeah they're rtmp'd in so it's like a lot harder for them to understand and it's like in their ears so this is super tech talk but the reason why we know about this is because when I did Thursday Night Football, because Matt Hasselbeck asked me to come join him and Adam Amin, I was very lucky to do it and excited to do it on ESPN. The games, they were what they were, but I got a chance to do this whole thing. It was a remote broadcast, a Remy operation. I guess it saves money or whatever. So when that happens, they send the beam of the program that you're talking over, the live one, to Connecticut. That's going up on air, and then it's coming back to us in our monitors so everything on our monitors was six seconds behind what was actually happening so that means there's no replays that you can look at you kind of just have to call from the thing there's no uh telestrator and there's actually no way to make up for unless you wait seven seconds and then it's already passed or whatever on the screen that is the tech that happens whenever a, a signal has to get sent to somewhere and then sent to somewhere else although you can move at the speed of light or whatever the hell it is that is still a speed in a travel destination that has to happen and even if it's just a couple seconds or whatever it is that can change vastly in the middle of a conversation that is happening so you're right the internet we're lucky that we've had to deal with this kind of for a long time and now in the new zoom world and the facetime world which has made everything and everybody a lot more accessible there are some things that people are gonna have to work through i assume a generation of people will be able to get through it and there'll be some classes probably taught at journalism Uh school and everything like that of this whole thing and Mm -hmm. it is a different game though also very cool what peyton said about you yeah very nice that was very cool yeah that was uh, well that was his friends and his family that were saying that 
That wasn't him. He read. <laughs> he didn't have to read it, though. Yeah, he didn't. He, he didn't have to. And by the way, Archie made an appearance. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, Archie's the fucking man, dude. Oh, yeah. I would assume that was potentially from Archie, by the way. The, the, Archie and I have had great times together. Ooh. Yeah, Archie and I. Archie's a great man. I think Archie has enjoyed, you know, the... Uh, the thing that is me. Your experience. Literally, yeah, the experience <laughs> yeah. since yeah. the first day. He's always been very, very nice to me. Uh, he's always been a good guy. Him and Tim, my dad, obviously, was a big fan. Whenever he met Tim and Sally, he was obviously so gracious at this time. I, have, he's, I think he booked PFT next week. I think uh, oh. that they're not on next week, though. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I think Archie tried to book PFT on third there. Third quarter, he said. Yeah, third quarter next week. But I think at that point, none of us knew it wasn't for three more weeks. So I think PFT is going to get on there. PFT will get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By the way, that'll be he'll completely right. crush it on there, which will be good. So, Archie on there though was fucking fantastic. Yeah. He needs more airtime. By the way, Archie needs more airtime. Absolutely. And like we said to start this thing off, good luck to Levy, Greasy, and Riddick and Lisa next week because I mean they will get slaughtered. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> should That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so... Let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's Boom. right. Dangers. Downtown. <laughs> Bingo. Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. Ooh. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yes, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. In joining us in a moment or two is a guy that with 37 seconds left in the game on Sunday night football with no timeouts decided to take over and make some magic happen. Completing passes to Devontae Adams, getting them in range for Mason Crosby to drain a 51-yard field goal to get a massive win in the NFC over the San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara, California with the North Valley Community Fund receivers in the building and back in his home area. The founder of the Aaron Rodgers Book Club, the current reigning MVP of the NFL, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah! What's up, dude? 
Hey, thanks for uh, giving me a few seconds to get situated there with that long intro. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty nice. You know, Zito's back there like, ah, ah. And I'm like, all right, I can say a couple more great things because life is good for this guy. Uh, congratulations on a massive win. That vertical leap you displayed while celebrating after Mason Crosby put that ball through. Life's got to be good right now, huh? You were up like 40 inches, it looked like. Maybe a 50-inch vertical. And you look so cool right now, obviously, in a different place than normal. I'm in the, yeah, I'm in the, the sunroom. I got the, you know, my uh, books behind me here. I thought that was very apropos. Considering the, uh, the, the uh, book club that we've been doing, I can see you've uh, at least got a book in your hand. That's good. <laughs> it's the giver, dude. Hey, it's crazy what that one kid got to learn from the giver there. And, That's right. I mean, really, it's free thinking. I loved it, man. This was awesome, dude. This was really good. It is apropos. You're right. It is. It is. <laughs> Uh, but a, a little trick, a little trick for the uh, the vertically uh, jump jumping impaired. If you lift your legs up, it actually looks like you're jumping higher than you actually are. Okay, so let's talk about the jump a little bit. In the bookcase, looks great. The lighting looks fantastic. The flow got oh, good yeah. hang time. Yeah, I got my guitar here. Yeah! Oh my god, I wish I had one. I wish I had one right here. Are you gonna play something? Can you play? Uh, I can play a little bit, but, but no, I'm not going to. That's not what this show's about. <laughs> I mean, it could become that. Honestly, yeah. it's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. You do whatever the fuck you want to do, pal. If you want to play a little guitar, you do that. But let's talk about the game a little bit. Um, was San Francisco, especially with family, friends, community, people you helped in the building and being from your area of where you're from, is that a game that drew a little bit more excitement and enthusiasm, or is it just, hey, this is a massive win for our team right now, and that's what we got a chance to see at the end of that thing? It was beautiful to see you celebrate like hell with your teammates, your coaches, especially just weeks removed from, oh, this guy doesn't care. You know, that, that, that whole narrative was one that was getting a little bit loud. It was great to see it. Is it San Fran that did that, or is that just a massive game for the team, you think? Well, it's a rough night, I guess, for some of those uh, he-doesn't-care campers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the game, man. I love competing. There's nothing like it. There's, there's nothing like uh, uh, having the ball in your hands with a chance to win the game uh, late in the game. Uh, that's yeah, that's what we live for. That's what we dream about. We don't dream about you know kneel-downs at the end of the games. We dream about, okay, we got to go down and put the ball – in position to either win it with a field goal or win it with a touchdown. That's, that's what you dream about. You know, when I grew up, uh, when I was a young kid watching the Super Bowl and watching the drive, um, you know, I, that's what I wanted to do. Drive your team 92 yards down the field and win a game. Now, that was San Fran. So, obviously, I've been a San Fran. Uh, I was a San Fran fan my entire young uh, life. Uh, so, it always is a special place for me to come back to Northern California. But, I don't need any extra motivation or, or inspiration. Uh, it was a measuring stick for our football team, I think, to see how we matched up against uh, against another really good football team, and, and I'm proud of our guys. Hey, did you? Uh, how much time did you think you needed to get down there in field goal range? And also, were you surprised? <laughs> I see Dane Orshlovsky on ESPN freaking out, losing his mind because they snapped the ball with 12 seconds on the play clock down there towards the end. Were you surprised they didn't run that down? Uh, I was considering that we were out of timeouts, but you know, what are you going to do? You know, they throw it to that stud fullback and he breaks a bunch of tackles and scores. Like it wasn't the situation where, well, don't get in, don't get in. You know, it's, it's you know, you got a great defense. You got to trust the defense. Like obviously we need to make a couple plays and still hit a 51 yard field goal. And we got an incredible kicker. 
uh, who definitely you know reps the brand all the time. All the time. Hell yeah. But still, you know, it's still a difficult kick, and even to get that position, you got to hit uh, hit a couple chunk plays and and not have any penalties and, and clock on time. So, look, you know, I I think no one's to fault uh, on, on their side, especially not Juice. I mean, he's you know bowling people over, running a little choice route, getting in the end zone. Um, but you know, if you if you play if you play not to lose, you lose you, you usually lose those games. You know, and and Playing to win is always the win, you know what I want to be a part of, and I don't think they they have anything to be upset about. Okay, so let's talk about that last drive, and then you talked about Mason Crosby there, who OG oh, dude, by the way, he has been bombing balls for so long. I don't know how, I don't know why, but I'm so impressed by it. He's unbelievable. But as soon as you kill that after the two incredible plays. Devontae's is stallion, by the way. I don't know how the hell he continues to be even better. And just you two playing football together is so much fun. But as soon as you clock that, your celebration, like, yeah, I know Mason's going to make it. Like, I bet you Mason saw that and really felt like my guy's got me. You know, like, that is that's a really cool moment that AJ and I chatted about yesterday, but I don't think a lot of people saw. As soon as you killed that thing, especially in the state of the world we're in with kickers, you go, yeah, we just did it, and then him burying it, even though he bent it around a guy, which is fucking awesome. But that was just, that was a really cool moment for the brand. I want to let you know that. I appreciate that a lot. And I'm sure Mason does as well. Well, I have a lot of confidence in him. I should. He's proven it time and time again. Uh, he's made a lot of big kicks over his career. I remember his first game winner his rookie year against Philadelphia at home in 2007. I was a backup, and, you know, he just had a good feeling about the, the temperament of the guy and, and the attitude and the confidence that he had, and nothing really rattles him. And The only time you can rattle him is get him on the golf course a little bit, start piping it past him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, man, you know, it maybe wasn't my favorite game winner. My favorite was probably against the Cowboys in the divisional playoff when he made it twice. If you remember, he made it the first time. This in sixteen, and then he, uh, you know, he was hitting a cut that day, so he, you know, hit a little cut in there off the left upright. Then he put it outside the left upright and just snuck it in there. That was really special, just because of what we went through that twenty sixteen season. Um, but this one for sure will always be special. Uh, the way that game went. The ups and downs, the calls both ways, and oh. and then to, to have no timeouts and to be able to put us in position. Devontae, you know, the undertaker coming out of the, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, was, was pretty amazing. Even I was surprised when I saw him on the field. I mean, I was standing over there when he went down, and, and he kind of gave me the, you know, the thumbs up, which, which usually means, okay, I can feel my arms and legs. I, am not, I don't have any paralysis, so I'm like, okay, good. Because as a quarterback, you know, that's your biggest fear for sure is laying out one of your buddies, you know, especially a guy like Devontae who I love so much and have so much respect for. Um, so I didn't see, expect him to come back on the field. When I saw him jog on the field, I was like, Jesus, John Wayne over here. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, it was pretty cool. Go ahead, Pat. Play something. Okay. I mean, I Thanks. learned this one uh, way back in the day. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm happy I'm taking requests. Uh, I'll, I'll begin this thing. Uh, you just let me know what you want to hear next, all right? And uh, thank you all for coming out. I think it's open three. Wow. Oh, shit, dude. <laughs> Are you kidding me, bro? Let's go. Bro, I fucking did. And then. Spider-Man. Yep. <laughs> Boom. Hey, I'm a fucking, huh? 
Hi, am I not? This is my dad's guitar. I, I fucked it up hey, for sure. Hey, smoke on the water. And I normally have the pick. Yeah, that's it, dude. Right? Oh. Is that not it? Damn. Is that not it? That's amazing. Yeah. Can you actually play? I remember when you were younger, you did some Fox interview, and you were like sitting on a beach, and you, sweet. and you were you were doing the full strum, and then now obviously on the State Farm commercial with Jake's dumbass giving your rate off to everybody. I mean, can you actually play? Have you ever gone up in like on a stage at like a uh, maybe a uh, Howl at the Moon or like a uh, dueling piano place? I did a, uh, an open mic, a couple of songs. This was years and years and years ago with uh, with Brett Good, our longtime long snapper. We we used to, you know, have our Fridays where we would uh, drink some brown liquor and uh, play some guitar. Uh, and and we decided for whatever reason to play this open mic. This is I don't know. This is about twelve years ago, maybe. Is this and Green Bay? This is in Green Bay. Yeah, we went down there. You know, and you sign up or whatever. So we, you know, we were gonna play a couple songs, and he kind of froze. To be honest with you, like we played a couple. We, I mean, we practiced for a few weeks too. And you know, when you're maybe when you're drinking, everything sounds a little bit better, I guess. But but we went in there and we struggled. Did <laughs> <laughs> you get booed out? I mean, they had to know who you were right immediately upon. No, your- no, we didn't get booed out, but we started our last song and. Brett couldn't do it, so I said, "Hey, man, I got it." So, oh, out, and I did a little uh, Ben Harper forever to kind of bring it home. Never what, what did Brett do? Did he just slowly walk off the stage while you <laughs> played the song. I think he bellied up to the bar. Oh, good. Hey, <laughs> going to your, you were talking about uh, Pat and I were talking about the floor earlier. You ever feel like you may be bullying him a little bit with this position you're in? Whenever you get juiced, you just sock him and forearm him in the chest and hit him in the neck and just mess around. I know it's all in good fun, but technically he can't really hit you back, and he, you deserve to get smacked a few times. How, how, how heavy-handed you are. <laughs> yeah, you know, Matt likes that real intimate hug, you know, kind of where you hold and then look at each other. And I'm more like, you're in my space, man. Come on. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to, like – hug and then like talk it out close like man come on just dab me up and let's move on come on how are you with how are you with the offense how are you with LaFleur I mean this was a big one for him too against Kyle I guess and there was the cold handshake or whatever and who knows if that was just two friends being mad at each other I'm sure that's been addressed but how was it for you know him to get this a big win San Francisco has been a nemesis I mean it has been here for a bit this is a massive win how has LaFleur been how's your relationship and how do you feel about the offense right now yeah, I don't think anybody's seen him. I mean, he's been on a on a bender the last couple of days. <laughs> uh, no, Matt, Matt's a grinder, man. I'm sure he put that thing to bed you know, on the plane. He probably stayed up the entire plane ride. We landed like 5.30 in the morning, you know, walking out there. It's like damn paparazzi. You're walking off the plane. No, I love it. I mean, I love seeing the fans at the airport. But it's like 5.30. I haven't even slept. It's hard to sleep on those planes. Um, and... You know, walking off, and it's like people clapping and people taking pictures. I think people just got to the airport. Some of them were through flights, and I'm like, you know, baggy eyed, can't even, you know, you know, staggering around there, haven't slept, you know, hardly at all on the flight, uncomfortable, hungry. Um, but I'm sure Matt was, uh, you know, put that film to bed and was on to to Pittsburgh pretty quick. Now, you know, we were all happy, and, and some games mean a little bit more than others. I'm sure when you go against your former boss, it does, and then have an icy handshake after. You know, after a win, I'm sure that feels a little bit better. What is that icy handshake? Do you ever have any any uh, opponents where you 
weren't really sure how the interaction was going to go afterward. You know, you always go talk to the opposing quarterback. You always seem like you're your best buds with them. You ever have any interactions after a game that you're like, oh, this got a little more serious than I thought? I haven't. No, I haven't. I really haven't. I mean, there's been a couple where you might have some strife with another guy on the other team during the game, but uh, usually after the game, it's you either don't talk to him or, you know, it's squashed. It's like, oh, that was heat of the moment. You know, you dap each other up and then you, you, know, you move on. So I, I haven't really had any any of those on the field. The cops like, walk with you, too. Cops walk with the head coach and the quarterback. Yeah, usually too, so no one's doing it. Yeah, yeah, sure. I got a ton of, yeah, a ton of cops around me, I'm sure. Oh, that's a no. You don't. Because we have seen you very casual conversation. Except uh-oh. for, uh-oh. Except for, is that in Dominican Sue saying, hey, you're right, we should get past this? Because I do remember that is a situation that is still potentially, you know, something that exists. I don't know if you guys handled that or not. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I never really got necessarily handled, but I, uh, you know, I didn't see him after the game. So I'm sure there's, there's not any strife between us. It's a couple of, you know, competitors, savvy businessmen off the field. Nothing but respect for each other. That's all. <laughs> Nothing but respect. Do the, the, all the younger quarterbacks just come up and ask you a bunch of questions? Like, right now, the rookie quarterbacks are swimming in it. I, this last yeah. weekend, I forget what it was, but do young quarterbacks after the game, since I know you don't go out early in the pre-warm-ups, do, do they take that time to ask questions? Did you ever do that to any quarterbacks, or is that something that's not really, like, talked about much and doesn't happen on the field? I mean, I, there's a time and a place. Like, after a game, but this, it's not a lot of, like, Q and A stuff. You're usually looking for, uh, for me, you're looking for uh, you know the opposing quarterback, and then maybe the defense coordinator or people you know on the staff, and then friends. You know, and then you're looking for your friends catch up quickly. But it's all quick stuff. You know, it's it's uh, you know it's respect and and uh, well wishes, and then you know, and then you move on. If you, if you see like you know a friend, you might stop and you know might grab. Uh, uh, Evan Siegel to take a picture or something. You know, it's like last week when seeing uh, you know Tim Boyle and Jamal Williams and and Jordan Allison. You know, that was definitely uh, definitely wanted to to get a photo with some of those guys. Hmm. So I thought Pat, you had something. <laughs> oh but... no, I do. Yeah, I actually. No, do. no, 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 I'll no, no. Because this, this, this is it. So, so talk. Oh, okay. So, like, my thing was, who's somebody you look? Who did? Who did? Like, when you're fucking Aaron Rodgers, everybody talks about you, and I'm sure you have heard this, you've had to have heard this, like, hey, this guy's the greatest ball thrower of all time. This guy is the reigning MVP. There's only a certain amount of people, I assume, that you can go to for any advice. In it. Do you even have that person? When was the last time you had that? Like, we saw you and Tom Brady have a little relationship this offseason with the match happening and hanging around. You guys had a nice little catch. I mean, you guys oh, yeah. had a good catch with each other. Like, is there people you... Is there people you could talk to? Is there people throughout your career you think that maybe we wouldn't know, like, hey, helped you out immensely with some tips or advice or anything like that? I think there's a lot of people for sure. I mean, you know, Steve Young has been a, has been a friend and a, and a mentor for a long time, especially younger. When I was younger, I reached out to him, I think, after my second concussion in 2010. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to him to alleviate some of the fears I had around uh, around concussions and, and long-term health because I know he was a guy who sustained a number of concussions over his career and, uh, you know, had a bad one at the end of his career. So I reached out, and he was fantastic. And since then, you know, we've kept in touch over the years, and, and he's, uh, you know, been a great resource when I need him, um, but, but just also just kind of a supportive friend from afar. Um, you know, some other former quarterbacks that I keep in touch with, uh, from time to time as well. Obviously, Farby and I have uh, uh, become good friends uh, over the last few years, especially. Um, but 
yeah, it's kind of people reach out to me a little bit more, I guess, now than, than I reach out to them. No big it's deal. Fun. No big <laughs> deal. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Yeah, people calling. It's cool to chat with people. No big deal. Go ahead, Ty. Aaron, first and foremost, incredible game Sunday night. That was a lot of fun to watch. Something I'll remember that one for a while. Let's go! Yeah, that big, big win. Um, a lot of people were talking about how the, the first pass to Devontae on that last drive was something you guys came up with during the week in practice. Has that been common through your career? Like, Can you think back to like these pivotal moments where it was something you guys put in the week prior to the game or the week of the game? Yeah, great question, Ty, as usual. Thank um, you. For a long time in Green Bay, especially when Joe Philbin was around, we used to do this thing on Saturdays, and it was a – two-minute against ourselves. So it was the number one offense against um, a bunch of other offensive players, backups. And they would play as a defense. And over the years, it got very competitive. Um, Joe Philbin, uh, you know, got those guys running a bunch of crazy defenses. And it turned into a a period where we'd work on things, but it was was also kind of a bullshit period a little bit um, because we would do two drives. One drive with... uh, you know, the normal guys playing in the second drive, all the skilled players would play the line and the line would play the skill positions and we'd go against them. So it was this big fun thing Saturdays, right? That got kind of outlawed uh, towards the end of Mike's time and, and Matt's time as people were worried about, you know, O-line getting hurt because they're running 50 yards down the field. Ridiculous, right? Um, just take away all the fun. But the reason I bring this up is because during that first drive, we would always work on certain plays. So I would I would think about plays during the week that I wanted to either make up or see, or maybe something saw on film, or maybe something that I came up with based on another play, and implement them into that Saturday morning two-minute. And during that time, a lot of plays came out of, uh, of those things. I would, the, the two most notable, I will say, that, that have helped us, one went all around the league, and that was... Um, that was a three-man side. Number three runs to the flat, and one and two block for him. So the two outside guys block for three runs to the flat. Everybody runs it now. It's a part of every offense. Um, that came up on the Saturday pre-practice, probably in 2011. The first time we ran in the game was in 2012 against Detroit. They played a lot of Tampa, two in their two-minute. And I hit uh, uh, Jermichael on the right side, so I'd be going on their sideline. He broke and went about 53 yards. It set us up for uh, – it was the game-winning touchdown I threw to Randall on a, on a corner route. But it was set up by that play that came up in this silly pre-practice Saturday morning two-minute. The other one is the genesis of the, the dash protection, which came in handy in 2016 in a game I mentioned earlier against Dallas, where, you know, we, it was third and 20. Um, we had taken a sack. I called timeout. We ran dash left. Lane Taylor leaked out and blocked uh, Durant, I think it was, and, and gave me enough time to fit the ball into Cookie uh, on the sideline there that set up the game-winning field goal that Mason made twice, once when they called timeout, and then the second time that I mentioned before. That protection and the genesis of it uh, came up on the Saturday morning pre-practice as well. So it's sometimes these things that you don't think are that important and people might bullshit through where super impactful plays come out. And I've always taken that approach. Now, we don't do the Saturday morning two-minute anymore, uh, but during our two-minute drill, which is usually Thursdays, I will try and work on uh, different concepts. The initial concept that ended up working on Sunday night 
was the genesis was in the meeting that morning um we all kind of put our heads together and came up with this uh this play now we adjusted it slightly based on the protection issues that we had but all in all it turned turned into round around the high corner Devante ran a deep end and, and mark was on a post in the backside with the edges protected thinking based on safety rotation the coverage i'd have your chance of hitting somebody of course yeah, we thought so too. Like, it, it, whenever, whenever we were a part of that conversation with you guys, we were like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Everything you just said—that's going to work completely. Isn't that amazing, though? That whenever you get a bunch of people who know football and are on the same page, you can do shit like that and be like, "Yeah, we can all be on the same page." Especially do it whenever we need it at the biggest moment. I mean, it's unfathomable—the football IQ that you super nerds have. It's unbelievable. Go ahead, AJ. Wait, you still have to be able to execute those plays that you come up with. But you ever watch other teams like? There's all these young guru hotshot play callers, like offensive play callers in the league. You ever watch other film and did you see, like, I would imagine you guys are picking other, like, you know, everyone recycles plays. Do you see stuff and bring it to the floor and bring it to different people? Say, hey, why don't we jam this thing in the playbook this week? For sure. And that's the way the league goes. You look around, you look at some of the big plays, uh, and they all get transferred week to week. You know, you see somebody run something. I'll give you this example. Week one, we're playing the Saints. They have a fourth and five on like the plus 40-ish going in. And what do they do? They run tight end screen back to the right after they motion the back out left. So what do we do the next week? We're playing Detroit. We got a second and 18. We motion the back out to the left and throw a screen to the right. To Bobby, he hits 22 yards for first down. Um, what did I see last night? I think it was Cowboys. Cowboys had the ball. Get back on track situation. They motioned by was Pollard out to the left. They threw a screen back to the right. Guy gets, you know, a ton of yards, first down. That's the way this thing goes. Somebody sees something on film that worked, and everybody tries to, to initiate into the game plan. There's a lot less uh, stable, maybe stable isn't the right word, but systems that are rigid in that this is what we're going to do every single week. And we don't, we know if we do what we do better, uh, then you can stop us. It's going to be very efficient. That's how the West Coast offense was. The West Coast offense was not a you know make things up. It was it was not it was not relying on scheme. It was relying on timing and rhythm uh, and proper uh, ball placement. Um, most of the offenses now are heavy scheme offenses. So of course they're going to steal from the latest fads and and try and recycle plays if it fits in your scheme. What did Tom Tom said? It's getting it's like dumbing down the game almost because it's the scheme making plays as opposed to the players having to do it. Do you? Like, it sounds like you agree with that type of thing, right? Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, that's that's uh, that's a scheme. And you know, listen, I think one thing that was interesting that Nick Saban said last night because obviously I was watching Peyton and uh, and Eli and, and wishing that you'd been on there. Oh, thanks, uh, man. It's very nice. But I enjoy I did enjoy. Uh, you know, the guests they had, especially, I mean, I'm a big Chris Long fan, so I, I love having him on there. Oh, yeah. He and I know you're a fan as well. Um, he's a good man. But uh, but having Nick Saban on there, the one thing I thought was really interesting that he said was he was talking about college offenses and the fact that nobody huddles anymore. And I, I think, you know, the, the college offenses have been impacting the NFL offenses so much because you're seeing uh, quarterbacks and centers – there's just so much less that they do now, you know, uh, from never being in a huddle to never having a live cadence to never making a check or a protection adjustment. The game has definitely changed in that respect. Uh, quarterbacks 
are asked to do a lot less, I think, now as far as check with me adjustments uh, and protection adjustment, understanding protection. It's, it's, it's so much on is, you know, where's my one, where's my two, where's my three? Instead of, well, I break the huddle, okay, what protection issues do I have on this play? Uh, what adjustments can I make within the protection? And then what, what uh, subtle adjustments to the routes uh, do I need to make in case we get certain coverages? And everything's reactionary now, it feels like, right? Every read is like reactionary. And, and, and this is not every, I'm broad brushing here, and I shouldn't do that with anything. But a lot of it is you just got like similar reads. And if you get these quarterbacks that are so good at it, and now Lamar Jackson is obviously just an alien, that guy, what he's able to do. But you can see why NFL offenses might want to implement it because it makes the game easier for their rookies and young quarterbacks that they're probably investing in and trying to turn over and everything like that. But long term, do you think it it will be gone from the game? Do you think there will be a, a less cerebral game long term? Or do you think everything's like cyclical? Do you think somebody will still do like Sarkeesian's down there running an NFL offense in Texas? Arch Manning, I think, although he can run, is going to be a, a, a old school pro style quarterback, I think, with breaking down. Do you think that it, that it would leave the game because of how athletic everybody's becoming and how quick the game's becoming and how the hurry up is basically everything and the RPOs, the D-line has no idea what to do, the running backs are, or linebackers don't. Do you think that'll that'll become just everything later or do you think that the old school break down the defense, read the defense will always live, you think? I think I think you're going to see more of that. I think the a lot of the cyclical shifts are due to the rules as well. So if the rules continue to uh, limit physical contact, protect defenses players and quarterbacks. And uh, the defenses players part, I think, is very important. But I think some of the hits on quarterbacks that are being called rough in the passer uh, make us way less a part of the physical nature of football that we grew up loving and, and enjoying and being a part of. And I think that's that's kind of a bummer. But you're seeing, you know, as the rules continue to change, uh, you're going to be seeing more college influences look at the rpo stuff and they're trying to crack down a little bit more in linemen downfield but uh but until these you know and, and also with the the cut rule i think has really uh adjusted some of the rpos because receivers you know a lot of cut outside the, the tight end box now you know five yards on each side of last scrimmage um i believe so that has changed some of the rpo mindset where you can't just throw it out to the flat have two guys cut and now you got you know racing away from one guy. Now you got to body up a guy and, and be able to actually block a guy. It's, I think that's swung it back in the defensive favor, which is not exactly a bad thing based on the, all the rule changes that we've had over the, the last uh, half decade, decade. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Aaron, in your post-game interview, you were holding a football, and it kind of looked like one of the ones that Pat has on his desk where it was kind of half white. Was that a gift to you, or you were signing one for uh, some of the people in the stands? I take that ball everywhere with me. That's a really special one. Smart. Yeah. Smart. No, that was, that was an NBC Sunday Night Football uh, player of the game uh, panel. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah, they uh, – yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't I think I – Oh, you have too fucking many of them. This guy. Jeez. I went over – I went over to – It doesn't have my name on it. It doesn't have my name on it yet. You know, it's like – that, that might have been one to throw in the stands, but uh, <laughs> but I kept it. I did, I did keep it. I definitely kept it. I do appreciate. I do appreciate the nod. Very very nice recognition for sure, and then a good memory. Um, 
game balls used to be a lot more prevalent, I think, as far as the ones that the team give out. I remember, you know, we'd be, we gave out a lot of game balls um, in, in Green Bay. Every Friday was kind of game ball Friday. So there'd, uh, there'd be offensive guys, defensive guys, special teams guys, special recognition balls and other things, shirts, baseball bat, you know, who knows? We had a lot of, we had a lot of awards. AJ knows we had a lot of awards over the years. And that was fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, you know, behind me, I got a couple, I don't know you can see that's my neck's killing me. So I can't really turn my neck very far, but. Are you okay? Yeah. But I got a couple game balls back here on the shelf. I got one from, uh, it's a 50,000 yard ball that they gave me last year. So. <laughs> That's so far, dude. That is so far. You know, 150,000 feet, bro. Good for you, man. Hey, uh, what's up with your neck? Are you all right? I was about to say, how's the body feel? I was going to ask about the arm because the arm is always a question because that is what you are so prolific at. How's the arm feel? How's the body feel? You can't even turn around and stare at your trophies. Is everything okay? I mean, what the fuck is going on? Are we all right? Yeah, the arm is fine. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pat. It was a great reminder for me that... Even when something seems like a good idea, might not be in the moment. I threw a pass. I kind of double-clutched the pass. I was trying to get the ball out to the flat. Bosa knocked up in the air. And the ball was just up there floating. I was thinking, it'll be good. I wasn't thinking the right thing. The right thing would have been, knock this shit down. (laughs) But I was thinking, ooh, I could catch this and maybe get some yards. (laughs) So I caught that thing, took about one step, and got ear-holed. And uh, <laughs> my neck, uh, my neck is definitely a little locked up now. Big, big shout out to uh, shout out the the Doctor Zoli. Um, for years, we didn't travel. People trying to call me. They don't know it's fucking McAfee too. <laughs> yeah, what's the deal? <laughs> Come on, dude, we're getting a medical breakdown. I'm in the middle of a story. Call when AJ's talking. <laughs> <laughs> No, but a big shout out to to Dr. Zoli for uh, giving me a little crack at halftime. Shout out. But, uh, yeah, next a little sore from that. Uh, Good reminder. Don't catch the ball. Knock it down. Just let it bounce. You're not built. You know, you're not built for that. Nobody's built to take those shots. But uh, since you already spit in Collinsworth's face, basically, you know what you did with the ball, the the game ball thing you're going to throw in the stands. We're on to Pittsburgh now, right? I don't know if you know this, but Diggs has a great theory on what's going on in Pittsburgh. I don't know if he'll share it with you maybe in a little bit, but what do they look like, man? We don't know. Week one, they were getting after the quarterback like gangbusters, looking great, and now we're not really sure what they're doing. What's your deal? What's your deal? How do they look, man? What's the Am game plan look the, like? Am I going to hear the theory first? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you. Yeah, please, Diggs. Uh, once again, the opinions expressed by the COVID cowboy do not reflect that of his Peers, employer, or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, and Aaron, I don't need a reaction from you on the theory. I just think that since Ben Roethlisberger has found Jesus, his his play has seemed to decline a little bit. And I'm not blaming Jesus. I'm, ah! just, well, I'm just connecting well. dots here. That's a theory that AJ wanted you to hear. I don't need you to comment on that. Just a good luck this weekend, Paul. <laughs> what? It goes many layers deeper than yeah, that. Yeah, there's way more. <laughs> Keep on going, Tony. No, no, that's good. Nobody no, wants we, to hear we, that on we, air. We don't need any bulletin board material, all right? That's right. We don't need right. any of that. But Steelers' defense is obviously one that is always going to be good. Your thoughts going into the weekend? Have you started preparation? And, you know, just city of Pittsburgh as a whole, do you have any feelings about that? 
yes, I've been around a lot of Pittsburgh people over the years, and I've loved my time with all of them. I've learned to speak the language really well, which has actually allowed me to uh, to follow and become a big fan of Pittsburgh Dad. If you haven't seen <laughs> Twitter, uh, big shout out. Um, some incredible, incredible, incredible videos um, that for someone, if you, whether you, you live in Pittsburgh, you live in Pennsylvania, you know somebody from Pittsburgh, you just you appreciate the videos so much because you know people who talk like that, who uh, you know enunciate like that, and uh, you know that was my most of my career with Mike in the headset. You know, was trying to figure out what the hell he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna dice right down her. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I didn't even think about that. That's amazing. But it's a great, you know, it's a great blue collar town. There's a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of great people that live there. It's got a lot of history, that city. Um, Mike Tomlin, you know, been there forever. One of the – is he second longest tenured head coach in the league after Bill? I believe so, yeah. Second or yes. third, yeah. Pete Carroll? Uh, no. Payton. No, Sean I think Payton? Uh, but I have a ton of respect for Mike. I think he's a fantastic coach. I think he's – I love the way that he leads. I love the way he talks after the games. He always seems to keep things, uh, you know, really even keeled. And you know, it looks like he's somebody that the players players love playing for him. So they, you know, they've had a great defense. It's been a part of Pittsburgh, uh, the franchise for a long, long time. Is is uh, is great defense. They lost a couple guys uh, in the off season, but um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, there's there's anomaly games. This is early in the season. We you know we're you guys are overreacting on Mondays, and people are crowning you know. MVPs and offensive players of the year, defense player of the year for a long time. Um, you know, TJ had you know, TJ got hurt in week two against the Raiders, and then didn't play this last week. Uh, he's you know one of the top, I don't know, can I say two or three at the most uh, defensive players in the league. So having him back is total game changer uh, if he comes back this week, which I'm expecting him to. So um, you know, and they're they're one and two right now. I'm coming off a tough divisional loss. Um, you know, that seems like a dangerous football team, so we're going to be ready to go. Okay, and you guys are obviously a buzzsaw coming out of Santa Clara. I can't wait to watch that game. Last question for you here on this Aaron Rodgers Tuesday before we debut the new book for the Aaron Rodgers Book Club. You said, how could you not be romantic about football? You don't just say something like that without having thought about it in the past. What did you mean by that? And is it because just how great the game is? Is that why you said that? Or how have you thought to that point about how romantic, how you get romantic about football? I've never heard that word used, I don't think, to describe football by anybody. So I'm excited to hear why you chose to use that word. Well, that, that was definitely spur of the moment, but it was something that I thought about. I was watching uh, Moneyball nice. the other day. And great movie uh, with, uh, with Brad Pitt. I mean, how about Billy Bean? You know, you joke with your buddies sometimes you're sitting around like, who would you want to play you in a movie? And Billy's like, yeah, fucking uh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a pretty good deal, right? Uh, and what about Jonah Hill? Yeah, and, and, and Jonah as well. I'm not sure if the other guy, you know, the guy. Fucking Jonah. Huh? More than Brad Pitt. That was the whole thing. Uh, we don't need to bury Jonah, okay, to no. put over Brad Pitt, AJ. Asshole, let him finish. He's a great his... actor. It was a compliment, bro. I, I, Settle down. I agree, but what, I mean, 
I love Jonah Hill. You ever seen War Dogs? Hey, you ever yeah, seen I Accepted, dude? You ever seen him in Accepted? Ooh. He's fucking awesome. Ask me about Sorry, but anyways, go ahead. What were they asking him about? Oh, the romantic about football. You're watching. Uh... What were they asking Jonah Hill about in Accepted? I can't. Oh yeah, okay. All right, yeah, you do remember. Yeah, Jonah's fucking awesome. We've totally lost track, man. We're just all over. Yeah, you've been romantic about comedy as well, I guess. But football <laughs> is something that I didn't expect to hear that from you, and it was. I feel like at you... the end of the movie, right at the end of the movie, you know, Billy Bean has gone to to Boston to, you know, he gets offered the GM job, right? And he's coming back, and he's disappointed. They lost in the first round of the playoffs, and. After everything, you know, they won with 22 straight or 23 straight, uh, you know, after, you know, they didn't implement what he was trying to do and then he traded a bunch of players away and you know, all the stuff that happened. And basically the last scene is Jonah showing him a clip uh, of, you know, uh, a player in their farm league thinking that he, you know, he was trying to get the second on a double and slid back in the first, and the whole thing is he just hit a home run. He had no idea he'd hit a home run, you know, because he was so scared about um, about getting out. And the, what hits him in the moment, what hits you as a viewer in the moment, is perspective and how important perspective is in life. And you will be affected, your attitude-wise, your focus, your happiness, by what you focus on. So if you focus on what you don't have all the time, you'll always be in a state of disappointment and dissatisfaction. If you focus on the amazing things in your life all around you at all times, hmm. that should definitely, in my opinion, lead to a happier life because you're never thinking about what you don't have. You're counting your blessings about the amazing things that you do have in your life. Hmm. And I said that not just as a metaphor because I love football um, and I love nights like that. But the metaphor in it is that if we focus on the blessings and the amazing things going around, going on around us at all times. Naturally, our life is going to be more full of love and happiness and joy. And um, just it kind of hit me in the moment. It was perfect timing for that comment. Yeah, I think so too. And as soon as I heard it, damn! All right. And then the internet did the same thing. And uh, I think we're at a perfect time right now for the world to come full circle and me to count my blessings that I'm reading all these goddamn books. Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, I'm not the only one, Aaron. Okay, I'm not the only one, AJ, that maybe had never. You know, thought about reading a book again, you know, or maybe even having a book in our lives now that the Internet exists and other things like that. But this Aaron Rodgers book club has got me back into the books and into the pages and turning the pages. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is time, I believe, for the fourth installment of the Aaron Rodgers book club. Drum roll, please. The first one was Alchemist. The second one, Where Men Win Glory. The third book was The Giver, a beautiful book about perspective. This week's book in the Aaron Rodgers Book Club will be... Chuck Norris Can't Be Stopped. Yo! Yo! No, that's not it, actually. That's not it. I found this book on the shelf, though. Um, it has a 400 uh, all-new facts about the man who knows neither fear nor mercy. So that's uh, an honorary... Uh, title that will add to it but uh you know in in full transparency the book that i wanted for week four i could not find in the entire house so i don't know if uh oh, no. we, we can google it. it yeah uh so no no so that'll i'll find it for another week down the line it's a fantastic book it'll be in the in one spot but i just i bumped up the week five book uh or 
you know, or the, the fourth, the fifth book to the fourth book. And this is a book that was really important to me in my uh, early journey into the idea of spirituality and, and um, wanting to, uh, to better myself. And I'd heard of Ram Dass before. Uh, people talk about Ram Dass and some of his quotes and philosophy, um, but I didn't know his story and until I read uh, Be Here Now. Let me hold this up here. Oh. oh. Can you see that whole thing? Yeah, remember, 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 remember. Yeah, well, that's not the, the that's, you remember to be here now is the whole point. Uh, but it's a story of, uh, of Richard Alpert, um, who was a professor in the 70s, and he was trying to, this is not really a, a spoiler alert, he was trying to uh, figure out kind of the meaning of life. And him and somebody started doing some uh, some LSD, right? And Good way to find out. I've and their whole that. life perspective kind of changed. Uh, but, you know, long story short, he goes over to India and uh, realizes that they have something over there, this peace, this understanding, without ever taking any type of hallucinogen, uh, you know, uh, anything and he wants that um, he wants that presence that calmness that enlightenment that he sees in these people who don't need to take uh, any stimuli to get there huh. and it's a good intro book uh, I think for anybody interested in uh, needing inspiration on their journey uh, to a new type of spirituality uh, some incredible quotes in here and in a book that uh, that really meant a lot to me. Ram Dass actually passed away a couple of years ago. Not Ram, no now, maybe not even two years ago now, but uh, there's a great documentary about him that's out there. And, um, you know, people love him and his foundation still puts up a lot of great uh, inspirational quotes and, and stuff uh, uh, on Instagram and, and social media. I wanted to have a moment of silence for <laughs> Ram Dass there, but you were in the middle of your sentence, so I felt bad. And AJ, and I mean, I felt like I disrespected the man. Cannot wait to read the book. Remember, be here now. Be where your feet are. Let's live a little, huh? Let's let's appreciate life a little bit more. And I can't thank you enough for uh, reminding me to read The Giver again, you know, last week. And I can't wait to get into Ram Dass' here. Remember, be here now, dude. This is awesome. <laughs> okay, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I can't wait. I, I just hope you read, you know, whatever it is. I don't know when your off season is because you hustle so much. You don't even take a damn day off. But thank you. Thank you. I just hope at some point you read one of those books or your wife reads it to you in bed, you know, when you're having your pillow talk or something, just so you can, you, you know, you can digest it more than, than Connor's, you know, cliff notes. <laughs> well, I, I, Connor, I mean, the giver I read in fifth grade or whatever. So, I mean, that was easy to pull. And then obviously the alchemist. My wife, big time reader, though. Maybe that is how I get into this thing through her beautiful voice and your incredible recommendation, sir. I can't thank you enough for joining us. Good luck this weekend against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And enjoy the hell of your Tuesday, man. Let's loosen up that neck a little bit, you know. Ooh, I'll try, man. I'll try. And keep playing guitar, too. That was really inspirational. Hey, you, now. Hey, you want to play something? You want to play something right here? Yeah, play a duet, guys. Come yeah, on. come on. Yeah, play a little something on the outro, right? Uh, yeah. We create that sweet Fox uh, Fox Sports interview. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we, on right. the beach. Here we go. All right, ready? Hey, play, jun hey, play Junker. You got to sing it. Oh! The first three weeks of Aaron Rodgers' Tuesdays are under our belt, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but... 
We've been sleeping thus far, boys. Really? What? Yeah, we've been eating greasy pizza. No, uh, what? What? Terrible burgers. What? Mall Chinese food. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Foxy still owes us a buffet, by the That's way. And we've been feeling like crap, haven't we, on Mondays and Tuesdays? Yeah, yeah. we have. Big time. That ends today because Arby's is back! Yeah! All their delicious sandwiches are ready to make our lives better again this fall. Like we announced last week, Arby's has launched a sponsorship program where Arby's will pay as many D1 college running backs as they can Ooh. just for saying, tonight, I'm getting Arby's. Hell yeah. It's that easy. Here's a bit more on how it works. All you have to do is be a D1 running back, post tonight, I'm getting Arby's with hashtag sponsored and hashtag Arby's Arby's. That's hashtag AR. Nobody's going to do this. Nobody's going to do this. Just eat at Arby's, dude. Arby's is delicious. Love <laughs> it. I mean, nobody's going to do that. All right. If you're, if you're a D1, D1 running back, back, go to Arby's.com forward slash Arby's and you can get all the details. Here we go. Or we have a QR code that Zeno created right now. We're super Whoa. professional. Oh, wow. oh. Yeah, we saw that. Shout out to Dan Zeus. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Dan Matt Money Smith and Dan Zeus. <laughs> we saw that QR code and we wondered if we could also you, get a QR code. And we got one. And it seemed to be the perfect situation. Go to If you're a Division One running back, go to ARBYS.com forward slash RBS for all the details. Do it, Mitt. Mitt's not Mitt, hey Mitt's a run back yeah alright he's not D1 yet I'm D1 he, run back he keeps working he oh, might be able to get D1 yeah he's D1 running back you also got to tweet hashtag sponsored hashtag Arby's Arby's <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean I think they're giving you 500 bucks right yeah, yeah. oh yeah in yeah. Arby's gift cards no 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 it's, no? No, no, it's 500 dollars 500 cash dollars yes actual dollars I believe Good Wait, is it actually Arby's gift cards? <laughs> I don't dollars. know. It has to be if you get five hundred dollars in Arby's gift cards, congrats to you! Congrats person. to you! You're eating Thanksgiving every single yeah. fucking night. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of five for fives, bro. Oh yeah, Arby's. Everybody just thinks it's just the roast beef. It's not. No, no, no. no. no, no, no. And I'm happy that we have we are able to have this conversation again because there for a bit I thought we weren't going to be able to. I know. Mm-hmm. You know, because I get busted in the shins about liking Arby's on the internet all the time. Why? And it, I don't. You know why? I don't get it. Because it's from the people that aren't from an Arby's like town. Yeah. That's right. That judge it. You know what I mean? I actually, yeah, I learn more about you whenever you tweet that you don't like Arby's than you could ever fathom. I want to let people know mm-hmm. that. Like Arby's, I feel like. I mean, I've, I've been Ar- CFO Phil's grandma mm-hmm. worked at our Arby's oh, yeah. for like 50 years. Thank wow. You. Thank you, Gam Gam. Thank you. Thank you, Gam Gam. Thank you, CFO Phil Gam Gam. Thank you, Gam Gam. I don't know if that's what they call her, but yeah, that's what Arby's is to us. We love Arby's. We're happy they're back in the game. Don't think anybody's going to tweet that, though. No. no I just But not. if you are. But if you do. A D1 RB. You should tweet. Get it. Hashtag, hashtag sponsored, hashtag Arby's, Arby's. And tonight, I'm getting Arby's. Because as soon as you say tonight, I'm getting Arby's, and you do the hashtag sponsor, everybody, you're not getting Arby's. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You're not getting Arby's. Feels like an Arby's night. Oh, they have the meats, dude. They mm-hmm. do have Still. the meats. We're joined by another man who always provides us with incredible conversation. Uh-huh. It's been oh, yeah. on a few times, and we're incredibly happy for him. Just had a touchdown this past weekend and a massive win over division rival Kansas City Chiefs. Ladies and gentlemen, running back for the Los Angeles Chargers and also Twitch Fit God, ladies and gentlemen, Austin Eckler. Yeah! Yeah! What's up, dude? 
What's good, Pat? Thanks for having me back on, bro. No, it's great to have you. Thank you for joining us. Are you in your Twitch stream room right now? Is that what's going this on? Is, I see a logo. This is the office right now. Oh! Yeah. Yup. Yeah, yeah no, my, my Twitch stream's been down for a little bit because I've been working on a different project, but that's to come soon. Next time I'm on the show, we'll talk about it. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Always moving and shaking. Well, yeah. oh, always. Hey, way to go. Uh, congratulations for whatever it is. I'm excited to see what it is. But also, it feels like your guys' team is very good right now. I mean, last year there was like six, seven games I thought you guys could have won and for whatever reason didn't go your way, whether it would be situations or whatever the case would happen. This year, it feels like you have a mature squad. I mean, going into Kansas City and getting that win is huge. What is the vibe like over there? Is it Brandon Staley? Is it another year in the building? What do you think it is and why? Yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination of a lot of stuff going on. All I know is that I like where we're at. Right, I like where we're at because here's the deal: like it's it's hard to win in the NFL, yes. especially uh, you know you go against a couple good teams uh, early on. You know, at the Cowboys, uh, which I feel like you know we beat ourselves that game. You know, they sure they beat us, whatever it is, whatever you want to say. And then the Chiefs too coming in and finally getting a road on the on the road against them uh, feels definitely feels good, right? But it, it's, you don't want to get this misconception like oh we're a good team, right? Like here's the thing in the NFL. You can get beat any given Sunday. There's teams, you know, they go on a run early on and they pit it out at the end and they're like, what the heck happened to these guys? And so it's been our message, like, hey, don't get comfortable. Like, do not get comfortable. We know we're going to see the Chiefs again um, coming up. You know, you know, the Raiders are obviously balling out. You know, Broncos are 3-0. So, you know, we got some, we got some challenges going on. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to it, though, because we feel like we got a, a good squad that we can go out there and compete with. Well, you guys are in a good spot. The expectations are high, so yeah, you got to you have to to keep it going. But going back to your your head coach Staley, from everything I hear, like he seems like he is a football dude. Like he is all about football all the time. Like how has he been from when he came in to now? Has he has he loosened up? Like what was it like? Also, like when he brings in this new scheme and all this culture, it seems like it it's worked pretty early, like right away. Yeah, man, this guy's a gangster, man. Like, this guy, <laughs> this guy knows his shit, man. This man, he has a plan. We practice the plan all week, and then we literally go out and execute the plan, and we're like, "This stuff is this is working, like this is legit <laughs> stuff we got going on here, right?" And this it's like it, it's such an emphasis in the week that it's like, "All right, we know everyone on the whole organization knows what we're trying to do," and then we go into the game and we do it. And I'm like, "This I've never been a part of an organization like this, or where we have a game plan that's this obvious to us, and then we go out there and apply it." So yeah, this man, I feel like there's two parts of coaching, right? That, there's a first part is like, okay, do you have the respect from your players? You know what you're doing. And then there's the second part is like, okay, can you go out there and actually win games? Um, and he, right now he's been showing that, hey, he's got good plans and we've been putting them together. So looking forward to continue to freaking go out here and grind through these these weeks with this guy as our, our leader. Hey, how is that clear plan? Like, how is that different from maybe things in the past or that other teams do? Like, how, what makes it so, like, simple and clear for you guys? I think what – I think the biggest thing that I love that Coach Staley does is every Wednesday – we have like a it's like a twenty minute meeting, and we talk about every aspect of the game: special teams, offense, and defense. And you know, in the past, we used to talk about like certain players, but this this year, we talk about this is what we're gonna do on defense. So everyone in the organization knows, like our Tom's there, coaching staff, training staff, like everyone in the organization knows what we're trying to do on defense. Then we go to the offense. Then we go to special teams. Right, we go through every single aspect, and it's like this is what our emphasis is, and this is why. And he'll show us past plays, film, how he's had success in the past, what's worked, and we just break it down. We break it down, and then during the entire week, everyone knows what we're trying to do. Um, I think that's just been 
a little edge. And so, like, it's little things in the NFL. And, you know, I think that's a little thing that I really love that Coach Staley does that helps the entire organization go forward. Well, that kind of transparency from your from your head coach, not only does it help everybody buy in with what you're doing, obviously, because everybody's like, oh, that makes sense. Let's go ahead and do that. You're having success, which is good news. But also, it immediately cre- uh, creates accountability, right? It immediately creates accountability. Like, hey, this is what you're being tasked with. This is what we're trying to do here. Everybody on the team knows what you're trying to do this week. Chuck Pagano was big on this. Let's go through the entire defense offense. And there was a couple times he got to special teams where he's like, hey, the return was really good. And he literally just pointed, we're going to try to, Pat, you're just going to hit fair catches this guy every time. The whole team knew. The whole mm-hmm. team knew exactly like, hey, if this guy gets any return yards, this is not supposed to happen. And then I, on the flip side, I knew what the offense was supposed to do. I knew what the defense was supposed to do. That kind of can bring you together a lot more. Was it? Uh, Chuck was the first person that brought that into my life. Is that vastly different? You said Anthony Lynn would hit on a couple players, but has this been something that like Herbert, who's uh, an introvert and everything, has this been Keenan Allen, Mike? I mean, everybody's balling right now. Has everybody just bought into this completely immediately? Well, I think the best part about it is we have a plan and then we have players that can execute the plan, right? <laughs> like, so the fact that we've executed the plan and it's worked has continued to, you know, give us confidence that, yes, our coaches know what the hell they're talking about and it's working, <laughs> Right, it's working. Like the times, the time we did lose, like we had a freaking, you know, illegal procedure that took a touchdown off, and a, a, a legal man downfield that took another touchdown off. Four, literally fourteen point. Like we beat ourselves, in my opinion, in those game, in that game against the Cowboys. And so, if it weren't for those two penalties, like I'm like, we're literally a way better team if we get lined up right. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that we're still performing at a high level, you know, and seeing the plan come together and have guys that can execute the plan and it's it's working, it puts us in a spot where we're all the chemistry is like, yes, like we can, like you said, the accountability is there. I'm like, OK, we're not going to let Pat Mahomes get outside the pocket. And I'm watching our defense keep this man inside the pocket. And that's how we beat him. That's how we held him to 260 yards. Right. They keep this man in the pocket. And, you know, that's what they did with the Rams and they had success with them. And they're like, okay, we're going to do that this year. And guess what? We held them to the plan and it worked out. Yeah, that's the that's whenever those started happening, those meetings started happening. I started enjoying watching the game a lot more, you know? Because when I, when I didn't Legit. know what the fuck was going on, I'm like, all right, why do we keep doing it? <laughs> <laughs> why are we not running hurry up? It works every time, you know? Like, I'm on the sideline, and me and Vinny are like, what the fuck are we doing? And then once it starts getting introduced, it's like, oh, okay, this makes sense why we're doing this. And I think it's yeah. better for the entire team. I assume a lot more are going to do that, and we can't thank you enough for joining us, Austin Eckler. Saw you flying through the air a little bit, uh, score a little tud, fly through the skies over there in Kansas City at the home of the Chiefs. Hey, Herbert looks like a guy, man. Hey, Herbert looks like a guy right now. Has he changed, evolved since last year? Same guy? Man, Just, he is a guy. Yeah, he, he is. is a guy. That's why he looks like a guy because we saw it last year. But the only thing he didn't have last year is a year of experience under his belt. You know, So now he's got some experience. Um, you know, He's opening up a little bit more. Just personality. He's getting a little bit more comfortable with the guys. You know, he's been around us a little longer, so, you know, he's not scared of us anymore. Um, you know, it's just, it's just how rookies are. They come in, they're scared, a lot of them anyway. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, you know, he's he's coming to, coming to the point where we're wanting him to be as far as, like, a leader, as far as taking control of the offense, everything you'd want in your quarterback. I see him developing that. He's still, he's still working on it, you know, but the time's going to do him justice. Um, and, obviously, he's continued to play like he has been in the past. And the fact that Joe Lombardi – um, has got a scheme down that he feels like is going to be easy for Justin to make good decisions. Uh, it makes it way better too for him. 
when did you know that that Justin Herbert was the guy and he was going to be a guy? Because that was one of the things coming out of college. Like, oh, he seems to be like quiet or introvert. People think they, they took that as a knock on him. And I love how he tries to to get away from the cameras. He, he plays little games with the media and stuff. It's fun to to watch what he's doing. It shows you there's all different kinds of leadership. But did you know right away that he was the dude? Uh, I would say no. Like, he, yeah, he had a great rookie year, but this is the NFL. You got to do this every single year, right? And so it takes time. It takes time. Like someone asked me the other day, is he a franchise quarterback? I'm like, well, give me like three years and let me see first, <laughs> right? Like, I, like he played seven to 18 games, man. Like, I don't know. Like right now he's playing like he's got talent. Absolutely. He's doing it consistently. And that's what you need to see for a few seasons before you say like, yeah, this guy's a dude. But right now, you know, he's playing at a high level. He's keeping it up. We have a lot of, you know, explosive talent around him too. A lot of veteran talent too. And uh, obviously put a lot of money into the O-line, which definitely helps. So right now we're, you know, people don't even see this, but right now we're in a, a premium spot, you know, in an offense where we have a young quarterback who's playing lights out on his rookie contract which means we don't have to give him half the salary cap to keep him around. So that means we can spread out some money all around him so we could, we could build this offense around this guy. And it's helped him so much, and that's going to help him too uh, as far as just developing because he's, he's understanding, he's hearing from our center, Corey Lindsley, who's been playing for nine years, how he calls protections, how he's you know, pointing things out. You know, We have all these guys around him that are getting open, Keenan, Jared Cook, Mike Williams balling out. And so it's just like, man, he has all these weapons around him that are keeping him safe and giving him places to throw the ball. And so that's just going to make him even quicker and better. And it's just going to make our offense just, you know, almost unstoppable. Yeah. The theory about the rookie contract, being able to build the team around it is tried and true now over the last like 10 years. And, but once you get a guy, you have to pay him. And it seems like all signs are pointing at Herbert being a guy with everything he's playing. And I appreciate the fact that you said, let's judge him in like three years from now. Like yeah. we have, we still have no idea. He's playing gr- incredible football right now. He's a massive massive human being with incredible talent you're saying he's becoming a leader but who knows what the fuck is going to happen over the next year we have no idea i think at this point in life so i appreciate and respect that uh austin eckler joining us at los angeles chargers go ahead todd austin how crazy is it playing in sofi stadium like do you ever get kind of like distracted by some of the stuff's going i mean a couple years ago you guys were playing at like stub hub center you know it was mls stadium stadium, and now you know you're playing in like an eight billion dollar stadium how crazy is that place you know, it, it doesn't really hit me until, like, how crazy it is until I really go to other stadiums. I'm like, wow, like, SoFi is way better than this stadium. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, it's not that the other stadiums are bad. It's just like, this one is, like, brand new. It has all the bells and whistles, suites everywhere, the giant jumbotron ribbon that's a circle, um, the overhang, just the outside venue. You come in, it's, like, already 100 feet down the field, so, it, like, opens up in front of you, so... It's, it's really special, man. It's so special. And, you know, versus the Cowboys, our first home game, it was sold out. So just feeling the energy of that place and how loud it can get um, compared to what we've been playing, like you said, StubHub, Dignity Health, whatever they call it nowadays. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's night and day difference. So, like, I'm like, you know, the Chiefs stadium used to be my favorite to play and just because of the energy. But I'm like, you know what? SoFi. SoFi's got some energy now. Um, and, you know, obviously us winning games is going to help fill that out. So, uh, we're going to continue to keep doing our part and try to make games exciting. It's a space station, it looks like. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks is. Like it's, it literally is. It looks like 2050 in there. It feels like every camera is an 8K camera that I've seen. Mm-hmm. They even had it in like the booth. And that's because uh, old Cronky, the owner of the Rams, you know, paid, what, $10 billion yeah, for that? Yeah, just about. Yeah, he better save <laughs> some of those, though. Hey, St. Louis coming for a couple. Yeah, of well, I, I've heard that place, though. <laughs> 
is amazing over there. And uh, it feels like the young team is the right thing to build a brand with. You know, like we're still in the stages of the Chargers and Rams building their brands in Los Angeles. Now, Rams were once there before, so I get it. But 10 years from now, 15 years from now, a lot of fans are going to be of the team that they're a fan of in the L.A. from the success that the teams have. Rams are going. And the Chargers, your team. I mean, it's a very incredible. Both of you guys are in incredibly difficult divisions, but well, it's been fun here, to watch your team, dude. Here's the thing: this year, this year more than any other year, is a premium year for branding in LA, and that's because the Super Bowl is in LA. Oh, so, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I get it. Look, I get it. It's going to definitely take years to you know build and establish ourselves as far as like the brand of Chargers. Um, and how that goes, like I'll be long gone, and that still be a, being established. Oh, dude! But if an LA but, team plays in the LA but if Super an LA Bowl, team plays in the Super Bowl in LA, bro. Oh, immediate stamp. This then is they're the, the Lakers, though. Then they're the Lakers. Immediate. The other team's gonna be the Clippers from it from then on. <laughs> yeah. hey, so hey, it's on, man. It's on. It's straight up. Like there's no hiding from that. There's two teams. We play in the same stadium, same fans in the area, right? Like we're we're fighting for it for sure. And you guys got a squad. You got a quarterback that can do it. And if your defense feels like they're flying around as well. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, awesome. We were just talking about how big of a pain in the ass it is for running backs to be pass blocking. Uh, have you had to change your strategy towards that now that you can't just cut everybody that comes through? Or is that revamped O-line kind of helping? No, see, that? see there's the, you can still cut. And Matt, i definitely still cutting. As long as you're in the tight end box. Oh, so inside you can. Yeah, inside yes. the tight end box you can. Uh, yeah, but hey, I'm, I've never been afraid of contact. But if you're trying to run me over, you definitely get an knees chop. So <laughs> slow down, slow down. It's a gentleman's game, right? Like, hey, I'm a, I'm a cop. I'm gonna cut you one time, and then you know, okay, oh, you, you better not b- try to bull rush me again. We'll, we'll stay up and we'll be healthy. Like, but if you're trying to run me over because you think I'm a little guy, nah, think again. <laughs> well, I mean, the little guy does have the advantage of being able to get to the knees quicker than everybody else. So that is good news. Do you still have a ten pack? Still got a ten pack mid season? You get a little bit. Uh, you put on a little, uh, little, little fat. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm losing weight, man. So it might be like a twelve right now. Unbelievable! What did you do this off season? You jumped over something fucking stupid. It was something. You did a dive. Who knows? Yeah. What are you? I did a bunch of challenges. Are you the, trying to become like the most athletic human of all time? Is that like a, a, a not even, not even? I'm just trying to push my body, see how much I can really do. I was doing like I did like four one arm pull ups. No one did that challenge, and then I had the four hundred five squat challenge where I squatted four hundred five thirteen times. No one, no one challenged. No one, no one's challenging me. I want to see. Look at this fucking guy! <laughs> Look at this guy! Hey, oh, like, so you were putting those challenges out just because you wanted to know? Like, is there? I would like yeah. to know. Is oh, there anybody out there? Yes. It's like, let's see. You know, specifically NFL guys, but then just in general. Now I'm like, now I'm curious. Like, is that people out here doing this stuff, or is it just me? Like, what's going on? Uh, I hope you get an answer. I can't wait to find out. I, I can't wait to see who answers. Look at this guy. Good Lord. What do you? You don't eat anything. You just have you had a sandwich? Do you? Is that a little myth? Is that a lie? Do you, are you completely calculating? Do you get like your levels measured monthly to make sure everything's intact? Like, what do you do? You know, I've been I've been doing the same routine for a long time, so I've got it pretty much down as far as how I can keep myself lean and also gain mass. And I've been doing that for as long as I can remember, like eight, ten years. So. Just doing it for that long. No, I'm not counting calories. Just like I eat the same foods over and over again. <laughs> what are they? What are they? My main go-to is just rice, turkey, 
Uh, oh, yeah. Salsa and a little dab of sour cream. Ah, uh, yeah. So I can't do it. Yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I appreciate you doing that and for you joining us. Uh, you're the best, man. Good luck on whatever project you have coming out and good luck on the rest of the season with the incredible Chargers. Hey, I appreciate you, Pat. Thanks, boys, for having me on. Hey, tell everybody we said hello. Ladies and gentlemen, Austin Eckler. Hey. Hey, AJ, is that what you do? Is that why you look the way you look and your jawline is the way it is? Is that what you do? Same. I food? mean, I do eat the same foods a lot over and over just because I like the same thing. So, yeah. What is it? What do you do? I don't look like him. I mean, that dude's a freak. And he's, I mean, crazy powerful, too. Yeah, 405 for 13. And then he has an explosion as well. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. I do like the fact that he's like, is there anybody out yeah. there? Aren't there any CrossFitters I feel like that would want to challenge that? Well, that's why I'm happy we just kind of put it out there because I, I am legitimately <laughs> excited to see. There's a dude that I've been seeing on the internet. He's been popping up on my Explore page every once in a while. He uh, he might be 360, and he's doing those uh, CrossFit. All the way up. The, all the way up. Uh, pull-ups. The muscle, muscle ups. Or yeah, whatever. whatever the hell that's called. Oh, Steve Weatherford. No, Steve Weatherford. Steve Weatherford. That yeah. might be the guy that has to answer this, actually. Yeah. Tell that guy to be careful because his organs will fail and attack him if, if he's not careful. CrossFit did have that going for them a little it bit. It actually happened to Rabdo. Phil when he was running. Yes, yeah, yeah, Rabdo. CFO Phil, who's in the office, by the way. Phil! Really? It's a nice little treat. Yeah, you know what that means. That means there's probably a rather large conversation happening. If we, <laughs> if we get Phil Maines out here, which is good news anytime you talk to CFO Phil or whatever, but he ran a marathon. He ran too fast. He trained for so long for this whole thing. So long he trained so he committed his entire life to training to this thing i was did so he dump his pants no. uh, i don't actually i've never been told or asked that hey, does that happen whenever your body I, just shuts down no i feel like you guys we talked about on the show somebody the just was running and just dumps their pants and keeps it going i uh, know he's not a speed walker he was running a marathon that's an olympic speed walker you're talking about bailey did mm-hmm. that too oh, yeah. uh bailey did it and it tracked me i think <laughs> 100 or whatever i heard that story but the the phil one is he trained his like all in this guy went and i'm you know, we play team sports, so running is, you know, not good. Like, running is punishment. Awful. Punishment. Not fun. In my yeah. eyes, running running is punishment. I hate that that's what it is in my head, and I know that there's people that enjoy it. But Phil got into running. He started getting, like, the runner's high. Did the Mar- Pittsburgh Marathon's a big deal in Pittsburgh. Here we go. 26 point whatever. He started that thing, and he still has yet to get a medal saying he completed that thing. Damn. Because mile 23 or 24 I guess he went into a state where he couldn't remember anything. His body was running, and then he passed out, and they had to take him to a fucking hospital. I mean, it was real. And so he needs to get back on that horse and finish that goddamn That's right. marathon. He was, Come on. That's right. he was flying. He was, he was, like, competing with people that were racing. And his body, like, just quit. Body was so like, this is not those, what we are, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a maniac. Those last, like, those last five or six miles he ran probably had to be an absolute, like, think of the mental test that was. I doubt he just all of a sudden felt great and then, bam, shut down. I don't think he remembers most of it. Like, I don't think he, I think he got to a point where he doesn't even remember and his body was just going or whatever. But we're all keeping, you know, this is a big deal. Phil was doing this. I was very impressed. So I'm sending texts back to his family that's at the race and then other people. And I'm like, how's he doing? They're like, he's way ahead of schedule or whatever. He's way, like, he's flying or whatever. And then I send a text, hey, how's he doing? You know, when it was about to be over, how'd it go? I get no response from anybody. I text Phil, how'd it go? No response from anybody. And then it was like hours later, everybody was informed like, uh, Phil almost died in he that marathon down. today. Yeah. He was actually taken to the hospital by the people that run the marathon. He didn't finish. It was at this mile mark or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my God. That's why I never work out. That's why mm-hmm. That's why I don't run. That's why I don't do it. But Phil's going to go finish that thing. He's going to come here. That's uh-huh. why you shouldn't change. And you should be who you are. Uh, all right.
<laughs> and we go back to the beginning where oh, Diggs okay. is still on that Ben Roethlisberger theory that he had yesterday. You know what I mean? Which is good news. Um, I mean, the best part is, though, someone in that, paid, that uh, Pittsburgh Steelers locker room has leaked this to Ben, the theory that Diggs has. Yeah, imagine like Cam Hayward going like, uh, I played softball that, with a guy. <laughs> yeah, I played softball. Do we like? Do we talk? You like him? Yeah, he's a good guy. He's, he's one of uh, McAfee's guys. He thinks now. I'm just like because you're gonna hear this, and then Tomlin's like, he did say this. Uh-huh. <laughs> everybody, like everybody in that building, like Ben. We thought you should know this. He thinks that Jesus maybe is the problem for why you're playing football the way you are. And uh, if you would like to address that, we don't know if you have to. And, I mean, what a moment! They definitely heard that theory. Definitely heard that theory. And a lot, How by the could way, you not? A lot of people tweeted me that aren't necessarily thrilled that, that we are promoting this theory uh, sure, to the world. Yeah. Uh, a lot sure of people. There's some evangelicals that take it. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, I was worried. I thought it was like. But I thought it was like Steeler people, team personnel. Oh, yeah. PR. <laughs> no, if it's know. just those people, that's fine. All right, let's hit these five energy phone lines beforehand. I don't know if we need to be burning bridges with evangelicals. I'll either. see him. Huh? <laughs> I'll see him on Sunday in church. I'll talk. About Joel Osteen coming at your ass. No, Uh-oh. you said you actually dropped the first pillar of your life whenever oh, yeah. because of this. You said mm-hmm. uh, faith no more. So you're still going to Sunday uh, service. I huh? dropped it down to like twelve or thirteenth, so I'm still going to go. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. The fact that you do, I will eternally be grateful for. Big thanks to Aaron, obviously, so generous with his time. Austin Eckler, incredible conversation. Everybody's efforts. Let's uh, keep this thing going. Almost a week four already. Thursday night kicks off week four of the NFL season already. Let's continue to enjoy the hell out of this. Have an incredible Aaron Rodgers Tuesday evening. I hope you read the book, Be Here Now, by Ram Dass. Uh, And let's enjoy this life. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Tuesday. We'll see you Wednesday.